Hello and what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you a Torque Talk. We had a busy weekend at Utah for many Torque athletes, four athletes in particular. So in this, we are going to be talking to three of the athletes. We are going to be talking to Annie Doobie, Sean Stevens-Whale, and Jamie Brusa. So it was a long race, so we got a long, po- a long podcast here. We're going to get each individual story throughout. Uh, we're going to talk to Annie by herself, then we're going to talk to Sean, and then Jamie. So we're going to get... A little bit of insight between each athlete and what they were thinking going into it, the hardest part for them, and just the overall impression of the race. Uh, definitely some tangents here. There are some really good takeaways that you can get if you are learning more about the sport or just like these long mountain races in general. So a lot of great content coming your way. So just to recap, Annie Doobie took second place overall in the female race, which is outstanding. Jamie Bruce ended up in 11th. And Sean Stevenswell ended up 10th or 11th. We're not sure. On Athlinks, it says 10th. He crossed the line in 11th, so we'll find out. So a bunch of good performances. And Logan Broadbent finished in 12th place for the men's side, um, maybe 11th place. Same thing. Um, so, yeah, that that's what we had. So really, really excited and happy about some of the performances there. So let's just get into it and start hearing about all of these awesome athletes and their awesome races. Let's do it. Annie Doobie, what's going on? How are you feeling uh, two days removed from such a mega race? <clears throat> I'm still very happy about everything that happened. <laughs> um, super sore, but otherwise extremely happy. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little bit about like the idea of racing on Sunday. Were you glad that you did not do that? Because it seemed like... Uh, when I saw like a bunch of people did the trifecta and just did doing those three races on that course, I just couldn't, I couldn't comprehend people doing that. No, I, the next morning I actually woke up at 5am because I think my body was just like assuming I would race again. Um, (laughs) And I think I just wasn't sleeping because my like legs hurt so bad. Um, So I like tried to do a little tiny shakeout run and I think I went quarter mile and I was like, nope, I think I'm just walking today and that's going to be the extent of it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I give those people a lot of credit who went out again in that heat and like battled again. <laughs> it, uh, Yeah, I'm glad I didn't, though. I think it's, with a race coming up in two weeks, I'd rather just try and recover and then get a couple more workouts in. So. I was thinking the same thing, the way that they've put these two races here in the middle, almost like literally almost back to back. Like there's not going to be a ton of time to train after such a demanding race too, coming from the mountains. And then two weeks later going into another race, which is shorter and not at, it's not going to be as demanding, but still like there's probably not going to be a ton of time to train. So better to manage the recovery when you can. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just about going into it without like super fatigued legs at this point um and hope hope i have some speed left in me because the past few months i've just been about like working on climbing so um i haven't really that, done speed workouts <laughs> well the climbing really paid off so uh spoiler alert you got second if no if everyone's listening hasn't haven't heard you got second in the female race unbelievable that you uh like i think you surprised a lot of people i wasn't surprised but i was extremely excited for you and like they they had that 
coverage up and I texted you later. I was like, it was so fun getting to watch you race and you got so much screen time. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. I wa- I actually stayed up late last night watching it after dinner, um, which was really cool. And I actually was super impressed with like, so when we were running, I kept hearing the drones like flying above us. And I was like, am I actually ever going to see like the what comes out of this? Because I feel like at every race they have that and then we never like see it. So it was pretty cool to like watch it back and like relive it um, from that perspective. So, yeah. And it was great getting, getting a chance to, to see you in particular and getting to know who you are as a racer. And I'm going to dive into that quite a bit more on this, like throughout this conversation, but they did like, I don't know if it's, I just know what's going on in that race, but I, I really liked the coverage, even though like they didn't really say much. It was really kind of choppy cutting back and forth. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of context. So I don't know if like you really have to be in the know for you to consume it. But I liked it. Yeah, I, I, was, was, trying, I was trying to like think about what it would be like watching that, like if you weren't in that world, because I think it'd be really confusing, especially at the end when like you see Lindsay like finishing and then and then they just like cut to me and Rose. And it's like there's a lot that's going on that you're not seeing and like how far in between like <laughs> how far of a gap there was um like i feel like a lot of times it looked like everyone was neck and neck when in reality like there were several minutes between us yeah like, throughout right the race so. right it was essentially two different yeah. races right but it was and there was it's very still... like yeah, go on I was just gonna say, like in the beginning, you get like a decent amount of commentary, and then towards the end, it was just kind of like, just like shots of everything, and like no like audio with it. So that was kind of interesting. And there was yeah. drama, like the the end that we'll talk about <laughs> into Helix was dramatic, right? And like it was, it could, like if yeah. there was someone commentating on it, it would have been a, of like a like a surprise, like a shock, you know, of what happened. But like. Yeah. It was a little anticlimactic but, uh, the way it kind of went through and it didn't, we didn't really know how, like how big of a deal that that race was right at the end right. there. Right. Um, but so let, let's get into it. Let's, let's start talking about the race a little bit. And I do want to go kind of from the beginning and take you through, but I kind of, I, I really want to start at the very end, like at the very end, Okay. You were talking to Megita and like, this is after the race is over. It was like the post-race interview and he asked some sort of question, whatever, whatever. And you eventually, you, you kind of just worked in at the end of a sentence that the hard work is paying off. And sometimes you hear people say that as like a way that it's like a motivational thing. It's like, Hey, you can do whatever you want. Just put in the hard work. It'll pay off this and that, but it didn't necessarily sound like that was the message you were trying to deliver. It sounded like, optimistic like relief you're like this like all the work that i'm putting in is 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 working right and like this is like the results are now showing so did this feel like it was proof of that were you not quite sure that you had a result like this ready to like come to fruition and was this more of like proof or were you ready to to make this happen on this day you think I would say it's a little bit of both because like I've been working hard for like, like, I don't know, two years now, probably like becoming a better mountain runner, becoming more obstacle proficient, putting in the work and like, um, 
I've definitely had like some success in the sport at this point, but like the have it all to come together on like a big race it really hasn't like clicked for me until this weekend like there's always been something that goes wrong or like I screw something up in the race whatever and like for it to finally and that's kind of what this race this sport is it's like there's a lot of moving pieces that like it all has to come together both through hard work and a little bit of luck <laughs> and like it just doesn't always happen and so for it to happen like on a big race like that on Saturday it was like I don't know it makes me emotional to think about it but like <laughs> it just I, it felt like a long time coming so did it feel like a relief or did it feel like a like joyous like how was the feeling like right after you finished like um, right when you were like oh my god I got second I was in shock to be honest, like I crossed that finish line and like, I knew that I had, I knew that I was in second, but like the last, like, I would say like 45 minutes of that race was all just like so stressful because I literally was just focused on finishing. Like I was like, I am f crossing this finish line. I cannot DNF again. I want these big races. Like no matter how bad the cramping is, like, I don't care if I lose the spot. I'm just, I'm just getting to the finish. And so like in the end that like battle with Rose, like it was, it was just like a blur to me. Like I, I wasn't sure like where she was. I was just focused on myself and literally getting across that line. And so when she wasn't there, I was like, wait, where's Rose? Like I didn't realize she had failed um, Helix. I didn't realize she was doing burpees. Like. I thought she was right behind me. And so the whole thing was just like shocking. <laughs> and, and I think once it kind of like settled in, it was obviously very joyous and like also relieving to just like finish the race, like to have my legs be a complete disaster for five miles straight. And then to like finish the race in second was like, just unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> you said that also, you're like, I can't believe I, like that that happened. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can believe it. But then going back and watching the race, I was kind of like, I actually can't believe that this happened. It was she, really bad. Yeah. It, it, it was it, like, when you said, I was like, ah, this is like probably some cramps here, but there was like, Oh, you were really cramping. <laughs> you were really cramping at some of those. Spots. I was. <laughs> um, so let's start from the beginning then just to, to kind of run through it. So, Early on, it seems like you were assertive, but not like overly aggressive on that first climb, kind of sitting in with the pack um, within those first like two miles or so and and gradually kind of getting yourself into a good position. So in that first climb, was that really the the plan? Were you feeling comfortable, confident? Were you just kind of, or what was your mindset going on that first climb? Yeah, the first climb, um it was really just about, and like we had talked about this a little bit on Thursday, like not falling behind. Um, I knew like right out the gate, it like, I felt like I was breathing so hard. Like the altitude just hits you instantly. Mm. Like it doesn't take long. And we were um, basically like climbing straight up the, like it wasn't like a, trail really it was just kind of like straight up the mountain from the get-go and so it was kind of like okay everyone just 
formed like a like a single file line, which I thought was kind of funny in the moment. Um, and we all just kind of like matched each other's pace and like settled into that. Um, toward while we got um, higher up on the climb, I think there was a little bit of separation. Renee um, really was pretty aggressive up that climb, and then Lindsay tried to hang on to her, and then it was like me, Rose, and Lauren Weeks. And I think Raya um, behind, and we were all just kind of like together. And so I just, I just wanted to maintain like in that pack and like, um, just not, just not fall behind essentially. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised that Renee took it out as hard as she did. Um, I was almost surprised that Lindsay went with her, even yeah. like engaged <laughs> in that. Right. Like you figure like Renee's going to need to, to, to rely on her fitness as much as possible because who knows what's going to happen with the obstacles with her. And like, right. it, like it, it hit her pretty quick. The obstacles that the race wasn't going to go well for her, no matter how fit she was. Right. But she tried to like assert herself early and like, it was good that I was surprised that Lindsay went, but it seemed like you were in the, the, the appropriate spot. And then on Olympus is at the top of that climb. Right. And yeah. <laughs> Did you come in with everybody? Because when you came out of Olympus, you were in second. When you came in, was it like, I mean, Brene was on it with her, with you. Yeah. I want to say I came in in either third or fourth. I don't know. We were kind of all together at that that pack. Like, um, there was a bunch of people behind me. Um, And then, yeah, I was... I feel like I was just faster going through that than some of the other people. Um, I didn't realize Renee had failed, but like I heard someone say that I was in second. So I just kind of ran with it at that point. It took, I took that first descent pretty hard. Um, mm. I, I really wanted to like make up some ground there cause I can no longer see Lindsay and I know that's her strength. So I was like, I just want to try and like close that gap as much as I can. Um, and like build up on the people behind me who are still on the obstacle. So I like grab some water and some fuel and just like bomb down that part. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. well I want to talk about Olympus real quick. Cause we, we like, you talked about trying to get your feet up onto the, the, the platform uh-huh. and the chains didn't have the balls. We thought they might, maybe that's without on the, maybe on the beast, they don't have the balls at the end. And, uh, after this, you're just like, that's just not a possibility. Like, that's not a thing that can happen. Cause I saw you tried, you had like, mm-hmm. you got a couple steps in it and then you just ended up slipping down and had to go mm-hmm. knees. Yeah. It just didn't feel great. Um, like did it fe- what, what did it feel like too overextended? Like you were reaching too far with your feet up. I'm just kind of like tall and lanky. And like, for me, the strength of my feet up that high is like not natural. Um, mm. If I have more like, leverage with the chain I, I think it's totally doable but to be like I was trying to just stay as high as I could um so I was grabbing like the holds and the top holes um crossing over and that actually went pretty well so yeah kind of yeah so I yeah. and I was looking um Lindsay had an interesting technique here I'm gonna pull up the screen actually I grabbed a uh, uh um a screen grab of you guys side by side. So I want to okay. just kind of look at this and see if this makes any sense. Um, so can you see this side by side right now? Uh, yeah. It's popped up like, so 
This is Lindsay on on the on the left, and this is how she went yep. from it from the beginning. She had one f- her, see her bottom foot, her her lead foot. It's yep. like her toe is like flexed and pressing against the wall. Where see when you went to knees, your your, your both of your ankles are um, plantar flexed, so yeah, the angle is a little bit wider. So this seems like a pretty interesting technique. Do you think this like do you think she's doing this on purpose? Like I've thought about this. Um, because it would take a little Probably. bit of pressure off the knees. It would give you a little bit of traction from your foot and it's not bringing your feet like up here where they might need to be. Um, like if you had to get your feet up. Yeah, that's an interesting, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Um, that's worth a try for sure. I actually, um, I don't know if you can tell, but like I was barely putting any weight on my knees. They were just kind of like, um, just kind of like dangling there actually. Um, I was surprised my knees are like fairly unscathed for an obstacle nice. race. So like, nice. I, yeah, I was really just relying on my upper body there. Um, but yeah, the, the foot could always add some more like traction, I think. And, um, that might be, that might be an interesting like way to kind of go about just so you don't screw up your knees and yeah. that, uh, you might not have to rely on just arms, like, right. Like in a, in, um, you are fortunate that you're, you're strong enough to kind of get through it. And your your strength really did shine through later in the um, later in the race at some points where other people like you could see like Renee was trying to muscle it the same way that you were, and she just like she just couldn't right like her her yeah. strength and like her ability and upper body isn't isn't, isn't quite there the way yours is. Um, so just talking about that, you post some photo, you post some videos sometimes of you of you bouldering. And they look like they're hard problems. How good of a boulderer are you? Like, how what what can you do in like the rock climbing gym? Um, so uh, yeah, I don't like that question because bouldering is very like subjective. Um, depending where you are, like ratings are true, true on who sets the route and like what their strengths and weaknesses are. But at my gym, I climb like in the like. V4, V5 range would be like harder problem for me. Um, but in other gyms, like I climb way higher than that or way lower. So, mm. um, yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I, w- I would have guessed like V5s on, on a lot of the things that like. So a- a- any gym you go to, you'll probably like a V5. You could, you could probably do one way or another, maybe. I, I can't climb that um, in my old gym. Like I'm at my old oh, really? gym. It, it's like yeah the climbs are super steep so it's like a v if i get a v4 there that's a good day um okay yeah well i just kind (laughs) of want to give some context because you can tell that you have some experience of how to move through things and your upper body is very strong um Mm -hmm. so i mean that that does help because i mean like i can do v3s on a good day like fresh Mm -hmm. and feel great about it and like you like you're getting through some of these problems that you can tell like takes a little bit more thinking, a little bit more strategy to kind of move through. So you have that ability to yeah. kind of like work things out as instead of just like pushing it all the way through. So you, you mentioned that descent then, and you actually got a, a one or two pretty good shots of you going down. And there was a side-by-side, I think like they shot, they showed Lauren, Lauren Weeks, and then they showed you right after. And like the speed and the fluidity, but the, like the difference between the two of you was like stark. And like granted Lauren, she just started this. Like she's just learning how to do mountains at all. Like, and she's admittedly said like descents are where she's going to struggle. Like, and it's not surprising, but like even with that, there was a steep descent 
where they showed you and then they showed Rose right after. And you were kind of flowing back and forth and kind of grabbing the long grass as you were going down yeah. and <laughs> just to kind of like help keep yourself counterbalanced. Right. And yeah. then they showed Rose and she wasn't doing that. And she fell right away. <laughs> right. Like, that, so like that was probably the sketchiest descent of the entire race. <laughs> that one, was, yeah. And that was right at, that was just going down after Olympus. No, or, no. So that's the thing about watching that, um, that playback. Like that was way later in the race. Oh, that was after um, the whole other descent, that whole other climb. That was after, um, um, yeah, I think. So. All right. So let's it talk about that. Second descent. Yeah. There probably wasn't a ton of people up there on that second on that second big climb. So let's talk about that climb piece. Cause I don't think, yeah, they didn't show any of that, like through Tyro or, no. um, or any of the hurdles or anything up top, probably just cause it's impossible to get somebody up there and all the action. What they really want to see is um, going to be on the other side. So um, yeah, if you send a camera up there, like he's, he's not going to come down. So how was that second? How was that big climb? The big climb was rough. It was, it was, a grind. It felt like it was never ending. Um, there was a very, very few runnable sections. Um, it was very steep, very rocky. We were, you know, passing the ultra people left and right. So it was just like squeezing through people, weaving and bombing and like, I don't know. That's when I just started to really feel the fatigue setting in. Like my calves were burning. My quads were burning. I was just trying like I'd like walk for a minute, like hunched over, and then I'd like try and like stand up for a few minutes and like it just trying to like switch it up and just consume as much as I could while I was moving at a slower pace. Um, but yeah, it was just that was the worst part of the race, <laughs> just like getting up those steep, steep, steep climbs. Yeah. So it, it really wasn't runnable. It was like a, a three mile hike. <laughs> Like there um, were moving like, before, moving back and forth between the two. Yeah, there were a few runnable sections, but like what stands out in my mind are just like those straight up, like steep pikes. Um, in between, there would be like a little bit of either like a fire road or a single track for maybe like a minute or two and then back into it. Um, and so. Yeah, even like the runnable sections were were almost more painful because like your legs are on fire and you know you have to run that section and you just like don't even want to move like mm. faster because you're just so tired. Yeah. And on the nutrition end of things, so you you were literally like just taking stuff in, or was you just eat and then like let it like let it kind of work its way through until you felt like you could eat more. Like, what does as much as you can mean when you say that? Just, like, I felt like I was eating and drinking every few minutes. Um, so I had, like, honey stinger chews, and I had, like, a hydration pack filled with electrolytes and just, like, taking small sips, like, what felt like every, like, three minutes because I'm breathing so hard that, like, it's hard to, like, actually like get a lot in at a, at a time um mm. and then when you're like mm. going downhill it's i would try and like consume stuff too but like at that point you want to take advantage of the downhill so it's almost more efficient to like eat when you're moving slower going up i think um, that's smart was that the thought like i need when i get to the top i need to go fast 
on on the way yeah. down and like i'm not going to be able to eat and drink to while i'm going this fast that's smart yeah. were you thinking about the cramps at that time or you're like or were you kind of, or you're like oh this is such a grind like there's going to be cramps coming i better eat or was it just like this is going to oh, be the only yeah. time where I can get energy. Yeah. You, 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 you knew they it were was, on. <laughs> it was on my, yeah. Like it was on my mind that whole second climb because I cramped so bad in big bear. The one time I did it, um, it always happens on the descent. Mm. So, um, I just knew that like long, like four mile descent coming up. I was like, I got to get ahead of this. Like, I was sweating so much where it was like sunscreen. I, I had like copious amounts of sunscreen on my face and like it was just like in my eyes. I like could barely open my eyes going up that hill. And I was just like, I'm sweating out everything I'm drinking. So I need to just like keep it like going constantly. Um, so yeah, I'm very glad I brought uh, hydration. Yeah, you had a full pack, right? Yeah. Like- I think yeah. I had like more water than anyone on that on that course. <laughs> that and it paid up. I don't know if Lauren Weeks had anything with her. I don't know if you know. Like it looked. Lauren, I couldn't. Yeah, I don't think she did. Lindsay uh, definitely didn't have water. No. Um, no. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, don't, I don't the, know. I don't get it. <laughs> that's crazy for a hot day and just that altitude, right? Like you, and when it gets dry, like you breathe out moisture and you don't breathe any back as much back in. Exactly. So like you're going to get more dehydrated as you go up higher too. Um, it's just like a, and then it, this course, this like thing delivered, it like really brought it. It seemed like, Oh yeah. Like it, it may, it just was real like old school Spartan stuff. So you make it to the top of the hill. Are you by your, you're by yourself essentially then, right? On this, on that. Um, like is anybody near you? So, most of that climb, I, I think I was on like by myself. I knew Rose was catching up to me. I could hear her like talking to someone. Like, I don't know if she was hmm. talking to the the rabbit or like one of the ultra people, but I could like hear her way down the hill. Um, and so I was like, I had that on my mind too. I was like, okay, she's closing on me. Just like keep moving. Like I can like bridge the gap a little bit more on the descent but like i can't let her pass me at this point um so yeah that was definitely like motivating too (laughs) did it feel like because you mentioned it's almost like there was two different races right did you feel like you were winning the second race or did it feel like you were in second in the one race um yeah i don't know i felt like it was like a few little races within the race like the climbs were um the climbs were like about you know who can like just push through it and like not fall apart and then the descents were like a different race and that like you know you have all these obstacles coming out and you have to just like get there with enough buffer to like get through it all on extremely tired legs while you're like cramping or whatever <laughs> so I don't know. I would say like for the first, I want to say like the first 10 miles, pretty much I was in second place. And then Rose and I were kind of like, we'd like pass each other on different sections. Um, And then at rope climb is when like, it kind of just went downhill for me. And she, when I looked at Rose, she looked really strong. I don't know how she actually felt, but like, 
to me, she looked a lot stronger than I did at that point. And so I kind of just let her go. And I was mm-hmm. like, anything can happen at the bottom of the mountain. Let me just survive until that point, like get down there and then hope I just like get through everything cleanly. So, so we'll talk about that part as well. I want to talk about that descent that they caught for like that first going down. Like, like I said, you were the sketchiest part. Like you were reaching back and, and kind of grabbing things to kind of keep your orient. And the other people they show like they weren't necessarily doing that. So like, to me, it shows that you have some like savviness and you have like some tricks to like how to go down and how to like be in the mountains. Like it just showed like, Oh, you know what you're doing when you're up there and like seeing it visually against the competition. It was clear to me. I was like, Oh, she like knows she's done this a bunch. Do you, do you, I like you that lear- it came across that way. <laughs> I thought it was clear. <laughs> it was, well, I mean, well, later in the race where it was like the crampiness, but like at that part, you just look like confident. You can tell when someone's confident going downhill versus someone who's just like hopes yeah. that they just don't die. Um, and so do you, do you practice these like things in the mountains or is it just like kind of things you picked up over time? No, I do not practice them. I mean, there are some trails near where I live that are pretty steep and pretty technical. Um, and so once in a while, I'll like just go hard down them, but nowhere near that, like black diamond, ski hill, straight, like with like grass up to your chest. Like there's nothing like that where I am. So you kind of just have to trust like yourself. And what I've found is like, being confident on those like goes a long way even if like maybe like you shouldn't be confident if you just like kind of fake it and pick up your feet enough like you're probably going to get through it a lot better than you would if you try and like slow down or break um that's that's when I tend to like trip over my feet or like make a mistake is if I'm trying to like be cautious so are you telling yourself that like, just like, and this is one thing that, um, Billy Kowalczyk said one time on, on, on the podcast, he was just like runners sometimes just need to turn their brain down when going downhill. It's like, stop, yeah. like think less. So are you even thinking, or are you just kind of like, let's just see what happens if I keep moving my feet? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely like choosing a line and like trying to stick with it. Um, and yeah, just, I, yeah, I can see what she means by that because it's very exhausting mentally to like descend technical stuff. Um, and you can't really shut it off because like you're, I mean, like as you should be, like it's a dangerous thing that you're doing and like your brain is sending like alarms like, yo, slow down. Like this is not safe. Like stop. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you do kind of have to like silence that a little bit because the more you try and like slow yourself down, the more you're gonna like kind of like fall, like you're gonna like break and then you're gonna like lose your balance and maybe fall backwards versus like mm. just choosing your line and like being confident with it and just picking up your feet and like going with it. So it's like kind of like high risk, high reward, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, you, you could tell that you knew to, knew to do that in, in the race, which I thought was, which I thought was cool and was fun to see. Um, so the first, the first place on 
camera and, and you mentioned this you mentioned that like this was kind of around the place where you started cramping after twister you got through it pretty well and like you went through it awesome went through straightforward like like monkey swinging through looked easy then you landed and just like froze there for a little bit and like they they like you could see on your like yeah. your leg was like actually starting to like twitch and it's like oh she's cramping here um was that the first place you cramped or did you cramp before that <laughs> right before that was bender and that was my first cramp was just like so so that what you saw in video that like steep really technical descent went into bender so you hmm. fin you like run straight down that and then you jump up to bender and the combination of that like um i probably should have just like taken a second to like shake out my legs before jumping up but as soon as i jumped up i cramped and then like i kind of fumbled over bender because i like normally swing my leg up um and as soon as i did that like my whole calf seized up and so then I kind of just like muscled up it, which I don't usually do. Um, so it felt awkward. And then getting, I always find Bender to be a little bit of an awkward obstacle. Um, like I've actually, I have a big scar on my chin from like scraping my leg back at once. Hmm. Um, so now I actually just like use my arms going down and then I'll just jump off um, instead of trying to like roll over it. Mm -hmm. So um but jumping down like again like that's when you cramp again is like that impact and so yeah that didn't go well and then right from there we went into twister and so i knew just like getting on the obstacle okay don't like jump up just like walk up the steps and like do it super cautiously because at this point like the seconds you lose in those little tiny like obstacle transitions um aren't a big deal as much as like having like a cramp that you then need to shake out for, like an entire minute so and this is mile nine and a half ish probably yes. <laughs> um yes. so after that 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 you know you got it bender and you're like ah, it's a little awkward whatever's so, like i've i've cramped on on bender too like i get it i get it more in like my hip flexors is where i'll get it. and like an obstacle like that where i need to pull my knees mm -hmm. to like my chest like I'll, I'll that's when i'll be like oh okay something's not going that well but then like landing at some landing and then landing again at at, at uh twister were you like what were you thinking like that it was clear that that cramps were gonna like with yeah, you. I was like doomsday, honestly. <laughs> my heart sank. I was like, oh my God, we still have, it felt like we still had half the race at that point because we, we were still like towards the top of the mountain. I still had to go all the way down and then do like 15 more obstacles, including both carries. And like, mm -hmm. I just didn't feel great about that. Like, and also the other thing in my mind was the rope climb because I've, I've cramped on that in the past. And so I already kind of had in my head, okay, you're gonna probably need to muscle up this rope because like, as soon as you try and loop your foot around, like you're gonna cramp. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. So. That is exactly what happened. It was, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the, so at this moment, are you like, I can't believe like I'm, I'm finally having in this race like I'm, I'm in second place in the U S national series, probably not all of these things, but like, you know, like the stakes are high, high as they can be, but like, yeah. were you like, was it just like, 
I'm probably not going to hang on to this. Like the way I feel now, like, or were you like, maybe other people feel like this, which turned out to be the case, right? Like you were not alone in the way that you felt, but um, were you just like, other people are going to be, are going to catch me because I'm feeling this way. Oh, I was sure. I was sure that I. Um, slow down at that point. And like, we still had a lot of running to do. And so like slowing down is the last thing you want to do when you're, when you have like, finally, some nice, like single track, good running. Like, that's the last mm. thing I wanted to do was slow down at that point. So it was a huge bummer. Um, like seeing Rose go by me and just having to like suck it up and say, okay, I, I can't try and keep up with her at this point because it, it's too risky. And like, I have to just, I have to just go slower and like hope that something happens later on that like, I, you know, can get through this. So yeah. 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 And, um, I mean, because she ended up catching you on a, on the running part, right? Like after Twister, it went back up, looked pretty nasty. And it looks like she did kind of run you down at some point, right? That's when she, she yeah. caught you during some running. Um, so yeah, on, but to, to go back to the rope, that was actually pretty impressive to be able to do that. Like you could tell you, you tried to get the foot technique down. How's it been coming along? Does that typically go well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been going well. Like, I finally feel like I know how to climb a rope like easily versus like before I think I just muscled up. Like that's just what I thought you do. Um, <laughs> and so I would like to not be able to do that. It kind of sucked. But yeah, I'm strong enough that like it was fine. It actually wasn't a big deal at all. Um, it almost I was didn't more look just hard. worried about, yeah, like jumping off the rope was like the biggest challenge. Right. Um, so I was surprised like, that I didn't actually like topple over when I landed. <laughs> it looked like you wanted to. You like landed yeah. and you're like, you could tell, I was like, <laughs> oh, there's another one that really hit there. Like, looking like try to stretch it out some too. Um, and this was at the point where after that, like Rose passed you. Um, it looked like the cramps weren't, they weren't getting better, I wouldn't say. Like, physically, you're looking strong. Like, being able to just go all arms up a rope like that, it's like, okay, like, strength is still there. There's still some energy available, but mm -hmm. this is the first point where I was like, I actually don't know how, how you finish second. <laughs> I was like, this is, <laughs> this is going to be great. Like, so like, let's, let's tune in. So they didn't, so then, then it was the carries. They were like shortish, nothing. Yeah. They were the, short. Luckily. Yeah. 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 You were happy probably. Like, was there any the game? Was there any, was, um, it was like down, you went like downhill and then up and, the hardest part of it was just the footing. It was like very like, um, they had clearly just like trampled over this like bushy section. So the all the footing was very like rooty and um, I don't know, just like tripping over little things. And so for me, like I was trying to save as much as my legs as I could. So any sort of uphill, like I was going at snail's pace to try and just like not overexert my calves. Um, mm. So I felt like really awkward on that, but it, luckily it was short enough that like, it didn't, I don't think it affected my race that much. It didn't really seem to affect, <laughs> like that was when we were talking about going into it on the rate, on the map recap um, or the map review, it, it just seemed like 
that could potentially be a place to make a move before the last gauntlet. But it just turned out like they were short enough that and they didn't necessarily make or break anybody's race. It didn't necessarily seem like the carries. So just kind of getting through it. Then yeah. they moved they moved the monkey bars too. Did you notice that on the way up? They like they we moved thought that the monkey was bars. All of us like thought we skipped an obstacle. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, they just flipped it, right? Yeah. They're just like, oh, we'll just catch us on the way down. Um yeah. so they didn't and then it was just kind of making it through it. Rose Mr. Spear, and there was a penalty loop. You hit your spear. Mm-hmm. And then in freaking so show mad it. they didn't show that. What it, the heck? I was I like nailed that friggin' spear dead on. <laughs> like the most beautiful moment. Like yeah, the celebration dance was like real. <laughs> that, Legit. That, that was like the highlight of the race. <laughs> what was what was the celebration like? Was it was it like a fist pump, <laughs> two hands in the air? Like um, I think it was two hands in the air and just like a lot of yelling. <laughs> there was a verbal, there was verbal celebration there too. There was verbal, yeah. There's a video somewhere. I'll find it. It <laughs> has to be in the archives. We'd love to see that get put up because it was a really big part of the race. And like this, like you, you had a couple Spartan races earlier this year where you had missed the spear, um, Jacksonville being one of them, uh, that like, and Rose hit hers, right? So that was kind of the flipping of that race. And it just kind of flipped the other way, this direction. So um, then it was uh, tire flip and Hercoise. And at this point, it seemed like you were back engaged in a race. Could yeah. you see, when did you, when were you able to see Rose again? On the bucket. So she was oh, okay. like, the bucket was an out and back. And so she made the turn as I, as I picked up my bucket. Um, okay. And again, I was going super slow, but I could tell that she was hurting too at that point because she wasn't moving very fast. And so I did you like saw a glimpse of like an opportunity there. I was like, okay, we still have a lot of obstacles left. Like this isn't just like a, like a run to the finish. Like we're going to have to get th- through some stuff. So yeah, I saw like a glimmer of hope at that point. So did you see her miss the spear? Did you see her do I her penalty loop? But I heard that she missed the spear um, and that she was finishing her penalty loop as I was about to throw the spear. So Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. What was the penalty loop like? I mean, I know you don't know. You can't tell anybody because you nailed the spear. But was it, uh, was it a short it, one from what you heard? I think so. It didn't look long from what I could tell. Yeah. So shorter than like 30 burpees would have been? Yes. Probably, especially at Um, that point in the race. Oh my God. Yeah. I I could imagine. And then, so, and then physically like you, when you flipped the tire and did her coist, it looked like you were moving faster than Rose at this point. Like you looked stronger than her in, in both of those obstacles. Like the her coist yours was definitely coming up faster tire flip. Mm -hmm. Um, it looked like you had no trouble. I mean, doesn't seem like anybody typically has trouble, but like yours Mm kind of went faster back and forth. I thought, um, so I was like, all right, cool. It's like, now it's, now it's happening. And then, and then Helix happened. So you guys kind of got on it close to the same time. What do you, what are you thinking at this point? At this point, I am just like, it, like I said, I'm in my own lane and I'm just like, do everything as quickly as you can without cramping and get through it. And like, don't look for her. Just like, go, 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 go. And get to the finish because, 
yeah, I, I knew like at this point, like I could still, I could have cramped on Helix, like that could have been me. It was just like timing. Like we each had like really low points in the race. And like, I think in a sense, like maybe it was lucky that mine happened earlier. And so I had like a little bit of a chance to come back from it at the end, but like she, yeah, she broke down right at the end, which is like really unfortunate. So I don't know. But at, the, but at the same time, like you made, you made the decision to, to, to conserve energy when she made decision to spend it, when right. she passed you after that last little ascent and into the descent. Right. So like, yeah. she may have spent it like a little bit too soon. Um, Which I would where, have done too, had I totally. not been cramping. Yeah. So. If you were not cramping, you probably would have went way there and, 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 would have yep. and, and, and were you cramping in your quads or your hips at all? Or was it just calves? At the very end. Yes. At the very yeah. end, I was cramping everywhere, both legs. <laughs> um, my hip flexor cramped my like adductor cr- cramped like everything was cramped. everything just malfunctioned across the finish line my legs just like like it's like okay now stop yeah yeah um well and on the map review we talked about how helix could actually like be yeah. a factor in this race and it was, it was. and it actually was because with i could see it being a problem so it's actually like a pretty good i don't know if they were thinking about this when they laid it here but if your hips are cramping on something like that which i would imagine what was happening to rose because she just got stuck it was just like it was like she couldn't move her legs it was her calf yeah because you could see her like grabbing it um so it was just like in pain so much that she couldn't it was just like i think she i think it just like shocked her and she just like fell um, at that point, like I went into that obstacle knowing like I probably was going to cramp and I just like had such a strong grip. I was like death gripping like everything so that like if I cramped, I would just again muscle through it. Like I like went in with it with that like thought um, and luckily I somehow didn't cramp on that, which was shocking. I cramped immediately after when I hit the water, but didn't actually cramp on in, in the obstacle yeah 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 that was that was really exciting um yeah because that's an obstacle like again i think that the rock climbing ability and how to navigate through something like that is helpful um and that it really just made a difference it's awesome that it can but you it was like you were right in the race it wasn't like she missed and you passed her after she had done 20 burpees you guys were on the thing at the same time it was no guarantee what was going to happen I, th- Even if I she thought didn't she miss. was right behind me in the rolling mud. Like I had no idea that she fell off. Um, Cause there was like, like a couple of rabbits. There was like people yelling. Like I just assumed she was right behind me. I had no idea. Yeah. That must've been a good feeling <laughs> to like, when you realize that she wasn't there, it's like, Oh my God, sweet. <laughs> like, um, I'm hearing people saying like, you, you got this, you got this. But like, they could have just been saying that. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they could have just been being nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Telling Rose the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the finish, I mean, that was the drama in that was that the Helix obstacle did did make uh, for a, a pretty fun finish, honestly. And, you know, going into this, like, I, I believe that you are as, as talented as, like, anybody in the field um, when, it, when it comes to, especially to a course like this. And I, but the one thing I just didn't necessarily know about, you as a competitor is, is how you would respond in 
uh, like races like this, right? Like mm-hmm. where is the push? Where's the fight going to be? And, you know, just from how you like what I've seen from your training, like you just kind of put in the work, you never really show like signs of weakness. You never really complain. So like, I know there's like toughness there, but I just didn't know. You never know like what, how athletes are going to do. And, and when they're faced with like these big moments. Um, so do you, would you, when you're preparing for something like this, were you thinking about how you would respond to big moments or, or do you stay within the moment and just react to what you can do then? Yeah, I would say I'm just taking it one step at a time, like, especially a long beast race like that, because you can really get in your head if you're thinking about something in the future like there's so many there's so much stuff going on like every minute um and it's easy to like get caught up in like oh my god I still have like eight miles left and I feel like I'm dead like that that can really throw you off so mm-hmm. I was I mean it creeps in like here and there for sure and you like think about I'm obviously always worried about the spear throw, like always. So, um, (laughs) like it's, yeah, you have to just kind of shove it aside because there's just like, there's no room for like, I don't have energy for that. I'm just focused on like getting through this task. Yeah. 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 It seems like you made the right decisions to, to, to engage when it was time to engage and just know where it was time to push and where it was, was time to, to conserve. So you ran really smart and you ran incredibly tough, like to be cramping that whole, that whole race is just, and just being able to, to still stick it out was really something fun and, and awesome. So nice job. <laughs> so nice you. job on that. Um, so what do you think? Like, so you have, you're thinking Asheville next, right? You're currently second in the series. Yeah. <laughs> and Rose isn't going to Asheville. So like Oh yeah. You'll probably be first after that. Not j- not to jinx it, but just because of points, you know. Um you right. have potential to be first in the series after that just because you'll have three races under your belt. Temporarily, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but like what do you think you take coming away from this race, what are some things that you feel like you learned about yourself that you need to work on a little bit more that you need to like kind of put into practice, like for the rest of the year? Yeah. I mean, obviously number one would be just dialing in my like nutrition and figuring that whole thing out. Like I know that certain people are just more susceptible to cramping. Um, but like there's obviously things I need to change and like work on, um i think part of that might even just be like doing a little bit more like simulating of like running down a steep like mountain and then jumping on something like immediately after like getting my body used to what that feels like um Mm -hmm. there's probably some strength strength stuff to work on Mm -hmm. too um but with like big bear in the future like I definitely want to like have a better strategy going into that because like, I think a race like that I could do really well in, but I also could blow up like just as easily. So being like a little bit more like prepared, I think could go a long way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's like a fine line, right? It's like, 
it's almost like a volume equation. Like how much more can you put on to get you closer to where you can like fight off those, those cramps in training, but like how much can you, how much of that can you take? And they're right. Like this is what was tricky about this race is it was like, it's still kind of early, you know, especially in, in terms of series to have something like this long and this demanding. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to pr- like, where is like something like Tahoe or whatever you have like an eye on like, okay, I can ramp up later th- in this year. I guess big bear will be that way as well. Um, that being in the second national series race as a beast, it's hard to like justify getting your volume incredibly high to like handle that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, I, I actually felt like my endurance was pretty good. Like I didn't feel like I hadn't put in enough in terms of that. I think it was more just like the, like the way that your legs feel and that sort of like, I don't know when you're, when you're just like taxing them, like to the max, like going up and up and up and then going straight down. Like I rarely have a day where I'm putting my legs through that. Um, So yeah, like you said, like it's probably, there's like a fine line. Like you don't want to do that too much because it's really like, it tears you up. It hurts. Now I'm like, and now I need like several days to recover from it, which like isn't what I want to do to myself regularly. But like at the same time, you have to do it to like remind your body that you can do it and that like, and then you can build up stronger after that. So yeah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like picking spots. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Cause nutritionally, like I don't even know how much more you could do. Like it seems like you ate as much as you could without your gut like rebelling. Um, and I think there is just only so yeah. much like nutrition can help cramps to a certain extent, but it's not like the only thing, you know? Um, so yeah. So any other big takeaways from it? Like just, um, I don't know. I think the thing that I'm just the most excited about is like, um, like proving to myself that like I can live at sea level and still be like a good mountain runner. Like I think, I think I like felt like I kind of knew that like in my head, or at least I was telling myself that, but for it to like show in like real results is like really reassuring. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Right. Cause it's easy. It, it's, it's easy to think about the disadvantage that not being at altitude presents, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I guess that, that's, a re- that is really good feedback to have. It's like, it's not, you're not at a disadvantage necessarily because you're not at altitude. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I probably was hurting more than some people out there. (laughs) It would help to be at altitude. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But I can still do it and I can be competitive and like, it's not going to prevent me from being successful. No. Cool. That's, that's a great takeaway. Um, so we can catch you next time in, uh, at North Carolina and you're planning on doing the series as far as we could tell the whole way through. Um, I am not sure about West Virginia. I think mm. I'm going to see how Asheville goes and then decide. Um, yeah. Just cause like, I do kind of want to have like a bit of a training block before Tahoe. Um, so it could be nice to like not have that on the schedule, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I feel like, is it like leaving something on the table if I don't do it? So I'm like undecided at this point. But. 
Yeah, I mean, you did yourself a favor. You put yourself in like like uh, a good spot to not ne- necessarily need to do all of the races now. Yep. Because of, because of such a good good score on this one, and they're and they still waited like heavily for the top four finishers in the series. I'm not um, sure. I don't know actually. Yeah, because it was. I don't even know how the points work because I got like I want to say like 250 something points for second place. I'm not really sure like what that what how that equation works if it's like based on time from the top finisher or. No, it's it, it's not like the way it was in 2019. At least it was uh, some like big spread between the first four. Like like yeah, like 50 points like that between the first four finishers, and then the four between the fourth and the fifth finisher was still something big. And after five, it's like one point. So like the fifth finisher gets oh, let's say okay. 200, then the sixth gets 199, the seventh gets 180. So being in that top four is huge. Like it gives you a great advantage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, we'll make sure to, to link to socials and everything like that. And I appreciate you taking time. And again, that was so awesome. Congratulations. So Thank pumped for you. you. Thanks, Rich. Sean Stevens whale. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Rich doing well, doing well back, back home in Canada now. So I can safely <laughs> say the, the whole, whole trip is behind me now. How was that process to get from Western Canada to Utah, like right now. What was it like? Yeah, it. Uh, so I was actually totally on the fence about whether I was going to do this race. Um, I kept yo-yoing back and forth. With Canada right now, uh, there's still quite a few restrictions in place, probably more so than the U.S. Uh, so in order to even travel back to Canada, even if you are a Canadian citizen, you have to have two doses, uh, 14 days at least prior to returning. If you don't, you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days, and that could cost you upwards of $2,000. And so for me, it was all about whether I could get my two doses prior to that 14-day window. And uh, it ended up being where I went to a drop-in clinic two Wednesdays ago, and uh, they said, okay, if you're essential service traveling, we'll give you the second dose. And I claimed to be an engineer traveling to Salt Lake City for a conference, and they gave me the second dose. <laughs> Sweet, you made it happen. You, you finagled yeah. your way. It's so funny that's how this thing's working. Like I know down here, uh, they were put like they were saying like at risk, and like the at risk was very was very broad, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like necessary. And you didn't really have to provide any proof. It was like. If you were a smoker, you could get your 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 vaccine before a non-smoker for whatever. So you just be like, yeah, I smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're like, I do have asthma, and I was hoping this would come through for me in this, but I didn't necessarily have, didn't come to it. But people would just go and be like, oh yeah, I have asthma, and it just like didn't gotcha. follow up. Be like, all right, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of seems like that. I mean, if you have the doses, you got to give them out. You know. I mean, that's how I kind of felt. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. They they were doing a uh, structure purely by age. And so they just went down um, the age groups and that's when you're eligible to get the dose. Uh, but I mean, I, I had buddies who were like similar age who were getting it prior to me. And I was like, ah, you know what? They don't even really need it. Yeah. Like, obviously it's helpful for herd immunity, but you don't like, I need it for traveling. So I'm like, ah, this must be a way that I can get it. So fortunately I was able to wiggle my way in, get it just in time. Uh, and then I booked a flight, had to do all the logistics and processing to 
actually, you know, uh, you have to download like an app, uh, fill out it's like a ten-page questionnaire. Um, then you have to get a antigen vaccine uh, antigen test here in mm. Canada. And in the states, it's great because you can get one for free at like Walgreens. But in Canada, it costs you like one hundred thirty-five bucks. Um, and they just like put a swab in your nose for a second, and you're like, okay, you're good. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, that was a waste of my money, but you know, it's like you do what you have to do. You follow a system. It was it was an interesting experience. Uh, so you know, if that's all I get out of it, like yeah, whatever. <laughs> you did what you had to do. You had to come to the states to run a beast distance obstacle. I don't understand how that's not priority. That should be that's that right off the jump. It's like, is this for an obstacle course race? To be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. You're right. Um, I was definitely thinking about going that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they would have cl clearly let you through. <laughs> and also, we were just talking right before we started that you finished, you were the 11th person to cross the line. But right now in Athlinks, it has you 10th, which mm. would award you $100, which could almost pay for your antibody test. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, US Canada conversion for sure. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So, congratulations. That whole, that whole thing, you're uh, not, you're in the black for at least just the testing process of after the part, <clears throat> but that's about yes. it. So yeah, let, let's go great. in and talk about the race, man. So I'm um, going in, you're, you're saying, you, you know, you had trained quite a bit, you're putting in a lot of volume and this was just a race you had eyed up. And this is like the first possibility that you had to get on a course in, in quite some time. When was the last obstacle course race you had done? Was it Tahoe? Tahoe 2019. Tahoe yeah. 2019, which is September 2019. So like, it's been Almost. some time. Almost two years. Yeah. It's been some time. So going into it, what, what were some of the expectations? Were you worried about just being sharp? Like, because there's definitely a, uh, I mean, a lot of people are in the same boat, but there's races happening down here now. Most of the people in the race had at least gotten one shot under their belt. Um, what were you kind of, what were you thinking about? Yeah, going in, I tried not to put any expectations on myself. Personally, I find I, I run better when I don't have expectations. Anyways, I, I can go more by feel and by having to keep up with someone, for instance. But uh, for this one, I definitely, in the back of my mind, I was I was hoping top five. Uh, I think where my training's at, that's reasonable. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm really fit right now. Uh, being, being dropped in like probably the best consistent mileage of my life, like lots of 100 mile, 14 hour weeks with lots of vertical. Uh, and it's just like, training's been going well, feel really strong in the mountains, but, um, Unfortunately, here in Squamish, we don't have a lot of uh, altitude, so we're at sea level. You can get up to around 2,000 if you go to the top of Whistler, but, I mean, that's where this race starts. And so I know everyone's kind of on the same boat with that, but I just – and it's probably a bad mindset to be in, but I do feel like I perform relative to other people quite poorly at altitude without um, specific training for it. So uh, that was always in the back of my mind. And so mm. that's why I really didn't put the pressure of like trying to be on the podium or something in this race. Cause I knew like the altitude would probably be a factor. I am also horrible at altitude and I don't even go into the race thinking about the altitude. It, I get reminded mid race. I'm like, this doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Something is not well here. Like even just on like the warm up or something, when you start at an elevation that's that high, like, right away something is different you you just feel it in your body you don't feel like you're getting the oxygen um yeah i mean even like like i was doing some strides with logan the day before and uh 
like their 20 second strides are like a bit under three minute K pace. And I had to like put my hands up after each stride, like trying to really get the oxygen into my, into my lungs. Cause I was like, Oh man, I'm like lactic right now. And this does not make any sense. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird feeling at altitude. I, I feel like every time I race there, I'm stuck in first gear and I feel like there's so much more in me that I just can't put out there. So, you know, yeah. do what I can, but that's unfortunate about like the, like the way that these, that the championship races have been at least in the past where it's like, and a lot of the, the U S national series, at least, cause there's no race in the Canadian series that would be at altitude. Right. No, there isn't. Um, the last four Spartan races I've done actually have all been at altitude. Oh my God. Um, oh, so, wait, so, except, yeah, I did Whistler. That's did Whistler. True. Whistler was an altitude. Um, but all the other ones like Big Bear, Utah and Tahoe are all altitudes. So. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just a grind. And, um, and it, you know, it, there, there's a difference between, you know, living in altitude so you can get one of those hyperbaric chambers or whatever. And like, you know, they have like those things you can stick your head in and sleep in, or you can get like a full tent or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. you'll, you'll get some of the adaptation from living at altitude, but there's a difference between living at altitude and training at altitude. And like to, you really need to do it to, to really be ready for it. So it's hard. It freaking stinks. Um, so let's just start like, so sure. So you're thinking somewhere in that top five, right? So leading in that first climb, you feel like you had to be assertive right from the jump and kind of stick yourself in there. I I, I, did, I did watch the coverage. I, I didn't get, get a ton of you. I didn't see a lot. Yeah. Um. So just like, tell me what, what was going on that first climb. Yeah. Uh, so the first climb was about two miles long. I think it gained about 1,500 feet uh, with only some really easy obstacles thrown in there. So it, it was it was a, it was rough, really. And uh, I know that if I'm going to do well at altitude, I, I can't go lactic. I, I got to like stay below threshold and just stay comfortable, allow my body to kind of ad not adapt to it, but just ease into it. And so I started easy. Um, I was probably, I started on like the third row and I was probably in like 40th place uh, on, onto the first uh, six foot wall. Oh, wow. So you really let it go easy. Yeah, and it's crazy. Those guys, like, they start fast. Even for altitude, I'm like, yeah, that's that's definitely way too fast for me. So it's I, like the, um, it's like the Spartan way. It's just like let's go out way too hard and just like, yeah, hope we hang on. I know. And so I I, I was having none of it. So I, I went out really easy. Um, and didn't feel that bad. Just made sure I was definitely way below, below threshold. Um, like I said, and. Uh, slowly ease my way up um yeah let's uh let's go through it so there was a there was like a hill after the the six foot wall um past a couple guys there and then we got to a barbed wire probably like a mile in yeah and i was probably sitting in like maybe somewhere between 10th and 15th at that point okay and uh i don't know i felt like i had a really good line there but came out of the barbed wire and like every single person in front of me had these giant gashes on their back from the barbed wire. I was like, dude, what are you guys doing? I thought it was a pretty easy barbed wire personally. But there um, was gaps, right? Like I saw there were gaps. Like they would crawl and then stand up yeah. and like walk. And then I, I found like the left side really easy because even, there was like one or two barbs that were pretty low. But aside from that, you didn't even have to crawl. You could kind of just like jump underneath and stand oh, back up, run, jump nice. underneath. And uh, that was my strategy, at least, and felt pretty good. But it uh, looks like 
yeah, like Hosek had like five massive caches on his back. Yeah, when, when will he learn? He 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 got his head last year. He's got to take oh, it easy right, yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, anyways, yeah, just uh, continued up the first climb. And by the time I got to the top, uh, there was this one really steep, steep pitch. Um, and uh, I worked my way into sixth right behind Atkins there. No way. Uh, or or into fifth, I think. Atkins was in fourth. Anyways, it was, it was around the top five. And I was still gaining on the guys and feeling like, okay, you know, this is where I want to be. Um, still below threshold. Still feel like I got lost in the tank. Uh, and then we reached the top and started heading down. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's where things started going a bit, uh, a bit south for me. So this was after Olympus or right before Olympus that you kind of worked yourself into a position that you felt that like- was like right after Olympus. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay. Um, any tr- did anybody have any trouble on that? I mean, it it definitely changed the women's race uh, for for some people. But any yeah. any trouble for any of the any of the guys that you could tell? I couldn't really see anyone having issues with it. Um, I think like I still really haven't dialed in the best technique on Olympus personally. I use the the cutouts. Um, and I try and like just press my knees against the yeah. wall. Uh, I know some people like will put their feet against it, but I'm always worried my feet are going to slip out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's with that new with with how it's pitched now, it's like hard to get your feet up onto it. So that's just like yeah. when you the knees is just the one that makes the most intuitive sense. So yeah. I'll have to figure that out. So you went, you came up, and like, is your so you said things kind of went a little sideways on this first ascent. Was it a skill thing or was it an energy thing? I think it was mainly like a skill thing. So, huh. um, like I, I think I'm an all, I'm not going to say I'm a great descender, but I think at sea level on like a fire road descent or something, nothing super steep or like, a not super technical bike trail. I, yeah. I feel like I can run with most people, but, um, I had a bad ankle roll last year. Mm. Uh, I was wearing a pair of hokas on like a pretty gnarly trail on the North shore and uh, just went like right over on it. And it really hasn't been the same since. So I've been probably not hammering the downs as much as I should in prep for this. In addition to that, just kind of being a bit protective of that side. So the the descent started on, it was a bit scrambly, not not scrambly, but like the loose, it was, rock. It was loose rock. Yeah. And so I, I just didn't want to have that ankle slip out on me. And so took it a bit easier than probably i needed to and uh yeah woodsy and i think it might have been josh mcadams passed me like right at the top uh, okay. when we started the down and then so it's probably putting you that, back into into like eighth yeah seventh or eighth um and then yeah maybe seventh and then hosick and Bouge, forest Bouge went by me bogue, near the, bogue okay yeah <laughs> He makes sure that, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's spelled Boge, but it is pronounced Bogue. Um, Bogue, okay. Good so enough, good enough. they caught you going down as well? And they caught me going down as well. Uh, yeah, and that was, um, that was a bo- bit more on a bike. Like, the downhill wasn't as aggressive as it was in 2019, where it was, like, straight down uh, ski ski hills, and, you know, there was, like, no resp- respite at all. It was all just, like, hammer, hammer, hammer. The, the bike trails were actually quite flowy. Uh, right. So that was definitely much appreciated i still wasn't performing as well as i thought i could on that but um again i'll chop it up the altitude (laughs) whatever uh so yeah they go by me sitting in i think ninth or yeah i think ninth at that point and then we started the next ascent and i i kind of 
at that point was thinking, okay, you know what, let them go. Uh, they probably didn't gap me too much. I'll, I'll catch them all in the, the next long climb because the, the second climb was arguably longer than the first took us. Oh up yeah. To- it's like three full, it was almost like three full miles. Yeah. It was, it was just like, it kept going forever. So yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that was, um, you know what? I should probably bring up the course map. Yeah. I got it up here. And- I, let me see if I can, I could probably share it, but I don't know how much you'll see it. Okay. We can try. If I can you just can get glimpses because my memory of that course is not fantastic at the moment. Yeah, let's see. Does this help? Can you see this at all? Uh, let's see if I can zoom in. Maybe if you go full screen. Oh yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, so right see. now, right now we are like uh, here is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, uh, just we're at the bottom it around. of the, and then we're heading up to number 11, which is that Tyrolean Traverse. Tyro. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like the Tyrolean Traverse, it's pretty basic. Uh, I, I feel like everyone, maybe aside from killing, has the same technique, just like underneath hook, hook the legs and just climb up with a. Does he go over that. top? He did in Tahoe. I don't know if he always does that, but um, I, I couldn't imagine that being much quicker on this one, though, because it was quite short. Yeah. I bet it's a good, good for like your like preserving energy. But like, if you're not used to doing it, you probably can waste some time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Yeah. If you fall back over again, it's like, well, you know, you spend all that energy flipping on top. Right. Really worth it. Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of continued upwards. Um, Are you solo? Is there anybody with you? I was solo. Yeah. So I was like sitting kind of in no man's land. I've, and um, just kind of trying to work my way back up to the, to the guys in front of me. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what happened, but after the first descent, I just like, my body just wouldn't get going again. Um, and so I was, I was still running, but I just didn't feel like I was running as quick as I was on the first climb. Hmm. And so, yeah, we kept heading up. Um, and eventually I caught up to Hosek and Forrest and then, uh, then caught up to Kempson who had, I guess, uh, some calf cramps. He was saying that early. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was think. like on that first climb. I thought he had mentioned something like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, so he was, he's arguably a bit a- angry about that. And, uh, <laughs> so we ended up, um, like the four of us ended up kind of being like a bit of a group. We weren't necessarily side by side the whole time, but we were all sort of within, I, I shot the, for like the next, six or seven miles so that's like and, seven uh, through ten at this point right yeah i think yeah seven through ten um because yeah one of the guys up front ended up screwing up or something so yeah uh yeah so that was seventh seventh through tenth so i was um coming into the top of the second climb i gapped kempson a bit who was having his uh calf issues and so was up in seventh um and i remember looking ahead being like okay where's where's woodsy where's the next guy and man, they had gapped us big time. <laughs> that oh, like, was a completely different race at that point. Yeah. So unfortunately at that point, it's just like, I, I couldn't see anyone up there mm. that I could even, you know, keep in eyesight to catch. So at that point I felt like kind of the race was between probably the four of us, to be honest, um, for, for seventh. So, you know, not, not top five, but not terrible at the same time. Like I, yep. I would be content with that. Um, that would be, have you had a higher finish at a U.S. national series? No, I've, I've done two 10th place finishes okay. in 2019. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah, 
so that would have been, yeah, I guess my best finish had that worked out. Yeah. However, that did not. Um, so let's see, where, where are we now? I think we're up so over here. We're at the top and then we're heading back down. Yeah. Cutting was this after the, the tables and was armor, did, was there no armor or was we it? We didn't have to, we didn't okay. have to do armor. So yeah. after the tables, that's when you started to head down toward Bender and Twister. Yeah, exactly. And so Bender... I think Twister was before Bender. Let's see. What does it say here? Yes. Nah. Or no, Twister was... Okay, Twister then Beater. That's right. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Twister was um, was only two two, two scaffolding legs. Uh, so that. it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, I mean, with the altitude, it's always like... You don't want to come into it like 100% fatigue because you need you need a bit of arm strength. But it, it, was, it was pretty straightforward. Uh, and then heading into Beater... Uh, I think Kempson. So yeah, we, we had been moving a lot. And so I was actually passed by uh, Kempson, uh, Ian and Forrest. And so I was back in 10th, uh, going through beater on the descent again. That's where you on lost the descent again. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I know. So I was, I was a bit angry about that. Um, cause it did feel like I was getting worked hard on the descents. And, uh, but then we, <laughs> I don't know if um, the ladies told you about this creek that we had to go up. I saw it in the footage too. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, what what Mr. Hammond was was thinking there, but uh, it was just absurd. So um, yeah, I guess when we talk about the Supra, I'll, I'll mention it again. But in the Beast, at least, we were like the first ones to touch it, pretty much, and so. There was, there was like no line out there. It was just like, there was this little creek bed that kind of wound its way up. So, so it was like a 30, 30 degree slope. It looks uh, steep. Yeah. Very, very steep. Um, and like the, the creek bed was like just filled with wet rocks and just like a little trickle of water running down it. And then up on the, on the embankments to either side, it was just like thick brush that like, you know, not great footing, had no idea what the terrain and topology was like there. So it was just, for me personally, the best bet was just to go up the creek bed, yeah. even though it might not have been faster. I just didn't know what the terrain was like in like that thick brush. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up uh, moving back up into seventh up that creek bed. Um, really? But we were all like, all within like rock, a throw of a rock to each other. What was it? Were you in that point where you like, all right, I should, I need to, I need to work this uphill because the descents aren't going great. And after this, it's all descent or just, did you naturally, were you able just to kind of move pretty well going up the thing? I, I think probably more of the latter. Um, I, nice. I did recognize that um, I had to gap them if I really wanted to, to stay in seventh. But um, at the same time, like, like I was kind of saying before the altitude for me, I, I really just felt like I was stuck in a single gear. And so, like, even if I wanted to push more, I really couldn't. So it was just, like, the one gear I had. And my power hike just ended up being a bit quicker than the other guys, probably because I trained a bit more on it, maybe. Yeah. Um, so anyways, ended up, uh, yeah, working my way up back to seventh up there. And then, uh, and then yeah, we kind of uh, crested the top. There was, like, a pipe we had to go through. See, oh, yeah, I heard there was low crawl. It's not – the low crawl yeah. wasn't on the, um, on the list. That no, a, I think it's pipe lane. I think it's twenty three. No, pipe layer is that stupid one that's like the scaffolding that you kind of have to. Oh just yeah, no, through. that's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know you're right. It's not it's not on here. Yeah. So at the top would be beater. Yeah. And box, of course. I think. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh anyways, like the four of us were like literally neck and neck at the top. Nice. Um, That's cool. And so it was it was kind of cool having like a group, at least, you know, you're not running alone. Feels like traveling all this way, at least I get to race someone. <laughs> and they're good <laughs> all good like competitors, right? Like you're you're running Absolutely. With, you know, Kempson who was second in the US National Series the year before, Hosick was fifth at Tahoe, Forrest yeah. was tenth at Tahoe, uh yeah. twenty eighteen. So good good athletes that you're rolling with. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very happy to be in that group. Um, yeah, even if you know wanted to be further up. But uh yeah, and so we we ended up rolling down. Um we all stayed pretty close. I think uh I think, man, Kempson might have been the the strongest descender of the four of us. I think, uh, yeah, Ian and Forrest, I felt like we're staying pretty close to each other. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like reverse of of the up, I guess, no. which makes sense to why we were all sticking together. Right. <laughs> and so, anyways, yeah, we got to uh, I guess the sandbag carry was the next big obstacle that we kind of that we kind of hit and it was actually yeah. a pretty it uh it was most of the way down the mountain by this point yeah it was almost all the way down are you able to stick with are they in your vision at this point yeah or? like I, I can see them they're still going like down the sandbag when i when i hit it so the when sandbag was tenth. yeah yeah okay the sandbag was quite short uh probably two less than 200 meters nice. and <laughs> wasn't particularly steep but it, yeah, I don't know if it just like, I haven't done a sandbag in a long time, but it felt pretty heavy. Uh, well, it's it was also awkward. Yeah. But... And it's almost 12 miles into the race. And I got, I got to ask at this point, because on the women's side, this seemed to be the, uh, very much the story of the race is that descent was just like a war of attrition for everybody just fighting cramps. Um, were you, was it just energy and just like not necessarily having the gears or were you fighting cramps at all? I personally actually wasn't fighting cramps. Um, nice. And I think probably a bit because uh, I felt like I was stuck in first gear. I wasn't <laughs> ripping the down as hard as like the other guys for sure. But at the same time, you'd mentioned 100 mile weeks, 14 hours of running with yeah. elevation. Like typically it's going to be the training and the volume behind the training that's going to help prepare you the most. So you're probably just ready. Yeah, I think that might have been part of it. Uh, it was it was pretty hot. Like I'm I'm not surprised so many people got cramps. I think like the heat, the altitude, the terrain, it just, it makes sense. It's like, especially when you're going over obstacles like that. I remember like some tough mutters I'd done some like eight hour ones where it's like, you know, you, you're just going, you, you put a foot or leg in a weird position uh, and it just like, it just seizes up right at cramps. So it's not, not surprising at all to see a lot of people get cramps in this one, um, especially if they weren't trained for it. But I personally, wasn't dealing with that issue, fortunately, at least. Uh, the, yeah, the only issue I really had was, uh, was just like general sense of fatigue and un inability to, to really push the pace, uh, which so, I guess, okay. yeah. And, and so the sandbag felt heavy. Did they gap you more? Uh, a bit, yeah. I just, yeah, I wasn't able to, to push. And um, yeah, the sandbag, it, honestly, wasn't that bad. Uh, it just, you know, it's at the end of a, a race like that. It's, it's going to be hurting. And so yeah. you just try and get through it as quick as you can. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, probably maybe gapped by another 10 seconds or so on that. So didn't lose too much time. But, uh, at that point I kind of knew like, 
yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to work hard if I want to catch these guys again. And so from there on, we went uh, down one more ski slope, uh, quite steep, bit technical, bit loose. And uh, then we hit some pretty nice flowy bike trails, which brought us kind of into the main arena area. And uh, I think the first obstacle in like the obstacle gauntlet. So there's literally 10 obstacles within like a, a half mile radius. So it's like very, so ridiculous looking on this map. Very dense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hit. Um, yeah, I guess it was just the monkey bars, which were pretty simple. And they changed part. They changed where that was supposed to be. That was supposed to be on your way up the first climb. Oh, it was, was it here? It was supposed to be here. Oh, it's funny. What, yeah, it's written as the fourth obstacle, and that's the way it was in 2019, if you, yeah, remember, that's right. if you recall. It was like that's right. right up and then up. Um, so they just changed that. Um, yeah. And so monkey bars and then into like, you know, Z-Wall and the whole deal. Yeah, so I actually watched the footage afterwards and I didn't realize that you could, so you know like you've got that podium step up where you have like three different stairs. I saw Atkins, he like ran up, jumped on top of the big podium and then like jumped to the third ring. Yeah. On monkey bars. I was like, oh my God, that's freaking genius. Also like super risky, but um, it's like, damn, that's a boss move. It is, he's just like, he's, he's thought of it all. He's done so many races. I know it's you just know. the little things like just saving you a couple seconds here and there, but it really I definitely he like, does it over and over. He just never stops saving seconds, oh, man. I would love to, yeah, just be able to like practice on like a rig like that for a day just yeah. to get that comfortable on it. Cause I've, I've definitely slept off, uh, slipped off some wet monkey, like some wet monkey bars. And, uh, so I always do the, the switch grip going through it, Same, but I, I really think that, yeah, if I just maybe had a bit more, experience when it's dry realize that i wasn't going to slip off i could do like the atkins atkins method but yeah anyways i was very impressed watching atkins go through that <laughs> uh yeah and and so after that we did the bucket carry i think was next and they really filled the buckets up they were they're pretty heavy they were heavy they were Some, heavy sometimes they don't sometimes yeah, they're like i know i know it's kind of like a a mixed day yeah you yeah. don't know what you're gonna get but uh they, they felt pretty heavy. Um, and again, the sandbag felt heavy. The bucket felt heavy. I probably just wasn't really prepared for the carries as much as I should have been. Maybe it was the altitude a bit, but for whatever reason, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a struggle bus on the bucket carry as well. And still and, gaining uh, not much ground, still in 10th. Still in 10th. Um, yeah, like I saw, you can kind of see the guys after the monkey bars coming into the monkey bars as I was leaving. And I saw Sean, Barber, um, and... Uh, and Logan were, were coming in as I was, as I was leaving. So I knew I had maybe like a 30 to 45 second gap on those guys. And I was like, okay, so I, I still got to work if I'm going to stay in the top 10 here. Did you and, mean Sean, uh, you meant Sean Roberts, Sean Roberts. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I don't know who Sean Barber is, but I, I was like, I don't someone. either. It's like, did I, I was, so I was looking through some of the photos and some people I didn't recognize. I was like, maybe that's Sean Barber, but yeah. Sean Roberts. Okay. <laughs> Sean Roberts, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, after the bucket, I think Sean had moved up to to 11th right behind me, and Logan was uh, sitting behind him, as I recall. And uh, so going into the spear throw, I probably had like 30, maybe 20, 20 seconds on on those guys, and uh, didn't wasn't worried too much about the spear throw. I was like, well, you know, you, you hit it or you miss it. I think being worried about hitting the spear throw is probably just going to throw you off your game more than anything. 
you really can't worry about it. So you just got to like, everyone's in the same boat. So, you know, you either hit it or you don't, and right. you'll probably hit it. So just do it. Uh, unfortunately, I did not hit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was kind of the theme on the weekend. And uh, that was the unfortunate reason I decided to do this sprint the next day. Which, uh, anyways. We'll get to that. Yeah, but the great thing is, the amazing thing is, they actually had a penalty lane for the spear throw, which was like the coolest thing ever. And I really think for obstacles like that, they should employ a penalty lane all the time for like these, for these big championship races, because it just makes more sense to me. It just keeps it more standard, right? Like the, the burpee stuff gets to the point where it's subjective around like what a burpee is. Absolutely. Like, we don't need that. Like that's just, just cut that out. Yeah. No, I mean, like when I was doing burpees on the spear the next day, uh, like, like the official was yelling at me on my first couple burpees, like, make sure you stand up tall, you know, jump, keep the arms like above you. And I feel like my, my, yeah, my burpee technique is like legit. It's not like super legit, but I definitely try and like keep it legit. Um, and so it's like, you're, yeah. are they going to count those or what? And I always do an extra burpee just to make sure, but you know, you just, you just don't know with the burpees. So like standardizing, it just makes more sense to me. Yeah. And I got hit with that penalty, a big penalty one time. And I must've missed, like it was enough to miss like three or four burpees. I wasn't trying to miss the burpees. You know, yeah. I just like, I, I just counted wrong. <laughs> you know, oh, like, you actually counted wrong. I think I actually don't know. Like I just left and my, my place was one when I went to bed the next day, I woke up and saw it, it was like five or six places lower. And oh, I was like, yeah. so I didn't even really get any explanation. So I don't know if it was because of form or I just counted wrong, but either way, it's like, it's stupid. Just like have you so run a loop, have you run a lap. And then, no, I mean, the like, like imagine a championship race where like the top three guys all do burpees and like, they don't count. Right. And like the orders completely switched. Like, how do you even, like, how'd you justify that on the podium, right? You're, the, you're changing everything. And there how was, someone races changes this too, because like, if, for instance, if I skip a couple burpees, um, maybe I got a time penalty, but maybe that keeps me in front of another guy, which demoralizes him like psychologically. True. And there's all these other factors that go into it. So true. just like, yeah. There was a, there was a time that, that end of, I don't remember what year it was, but it was a uh, for second or third at Tahoe and Lindsay and Faye were both doing burpees That's after right. the rig. And it was weird. Cause Lindsay s- starts her burpee with a jump in her hand over her head. And she'll like count at least at this, when she would count the burpee, when her chest hit the ground where I don't know, I always hit the ground and then jump and that's one. Well, it makes sense. Cause your last jump, you got to get up anyways. So you might as well count that as the last burpee. Right. But then she like, so she'll get up and run. She doesn't do the right. jump. As soon as she stands, she, she can come out of that burpee after her chest hits the ground. She stands mm-hmm. up and then she can just run out. And it was like confusing. It's like, well, I guess right. she did the full motion 30 times. Yeah. But it looked like she didn't, you know, and like, you know, it could just, it just leaves things up to interpretation, which is something we definitely don't need. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you did your penalty loop. Yeah, I did the penalty loop. Uh, I was, I was stoked that they had a penalty. I wasn't stoked that I was doing it, but you know, it was much better than doing burpees for sure. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately I did see Logan and Sean or Logan uh, passed me. And then I came out of the penalty loop right in front of Sean. Uh, but uh, Sean definitely had more momentum on his side than me. And so he zipped right by me. And uh, then we came up to the A-frame cargo net and uh, yeah, places didn't change there. 
and then we hit the tire flip, I think, was after yep. that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, I saw, I saw Logan doing his burpees. I was like, ah, sorry, bro. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I got through the tire flip. No problem, really. Uh, however, I, I was watching Sean uh, Roberts do them, and he... I don't know if they got any footage of him doing it, but from what I could see, he like was throwing the tire. I was like, really? dude, you're a beast, man. Cause it, it was, it was definitely not easy, but it wasn't like a super hard tire flip, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, yeah, throw the tire. Were you able to get under it or did you just, or did you do the pinch? Uh, yeah. Pinch, so pinch the lug. I, I did. I was able to get under it on the beast day on the next day. I had to kind of uh, finagle my hand underneath, but uh yeah, like I was definitely able to get underneath both days. And that's the thing with like, you know, Jacksonville was a completely different thing because it was wet and it was on wet grass. But just in, in like this was a very dry day in yeah. Utah. And it makes it even makes the tire flip a little bit easier, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do like the tire flip. I still think like it's definitely a strength component where you can't get like a pure. Like it's one of the few obstacles where like a 13 something 5,000 guy without specific training, you know, might actually fail. Might not get. Yeah. Like it wasn't a sure thing when Hawk call went through, you could tell it was taking a lot. And then he almost like looked like he got, it was like wobbly after it. He was like, well, he the second time he was struggling with that Hercoist. It looked like he had a real tough, and he's pretty small. I think that might be the issue. Yeah. I I actually found the Hercoist very light and easy. Uh, Really? personally but uh, yeah i wasn't even sitting down i was just like pulling it like this so i don't know if the sandbags were yeah yeah if the sandbags were different but but like yeah but that's the that's the whole thing with obstacle course racing right it's like you know he's weighs he's like 1440 guy weighs 135 pounds but like and like he's this is definitely type of terrain but like there should be stuff that like rewards strength exactly there's got to be the equalizers or else like just one one type of athlete's gonna just dominate that and you right. really want the whole point of this is to create like a well-rounded athlete so totally I, I i have nothing against like double sandbag carries even though maybe i'm not stoked to see them but i'm like yeah you know what it, it's good it's good because it does equalize things a bit so same as like the penalty loop for the for the spear it's like it's great that it's there but it's not great to do it yeah for the double exactly. sandbag yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. um and then helix no yeah, problem helix i just i I, I got to practice that one because I do not know how to go through that quickly. I don't know if some guys do, but it's like, for me, it's very methodical. Um, they have like plexiglass on the middle slanted bars. And so you, you can barely squeeze your fingers. And like, if you had a big hand, you might not even be able to get your hand in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it does like make it a bit tricky. Were you there and with Sean or was it? Sean was already through by that. Point, was, so, so you're by yourself. Yeah, I was just by myself there. Yeah, it's survival then. Yeah, and I was like, you know, yeah, spots aren't changing for me. I'm I'm gonna end up where I am. So just you know, get through it. <laughs> it was it, it's an interesting spot for it. And I was talking to Annie when we did our map re uh, map preview, and then mm-hmm. the race for her actually came down to Helix. Like usually it's just kind of like a speed bump along the way, right? But this is the first time where it was like actually could have some weight in what would happen in the actual race. And like, it's it, the last, yeah, it's the last real obstacle you have to do. It is. And it's like, it's one where it can be performed at very different speeds, depending on your comfort level and risk level. So I don't hate it for the end of a race. I think it's kind of a, yeah. an interesting wrinkle instead of like, 
instead of it being in the middle, then it's just like pipe layer, right? It's just yeah. like, let's just get through this. Totally. Like no one's gaining a ton, but like, cause yeah, people aren't going to screw it up if they take their time, but you could screw it up if you're trying to go fast. Yeah. If you're like trying to just like parkour jump from one to the next without even using that. I, I, I love to see. Yeah. Someone just like try and do it as quick as they can, like, and see what the best technique on that would be. If you just wanted to like rush it, like, so, could you just like step and like, jump with your hands for the middle one and then like try and big step off uh, the bell. The way I've know. seen like, uh, like Atkins or maybe it was Aaron or somebody, it's like they kind of lean, lean themselves back and pull themselves up forward and almost stand all the way up and then reach and then like kind of bring both like. So they're like almost just using the momentum to f and the body's just tilting on to the next. Yep. And they're moving their legs and arms almost at the same time to kind of get themselves through it. And then they kind of use their arms again to, to leverage and, and pull themselves up to stand up and move across. And it looked like, pretty fast because i like hmm. when i do it you know i was like all right let me get my leg over there first and i was like let me just make sure everything's good yeah, and then like, exactly right over. yeah you want to like, make sure you got like three points of contact at all time yeah. And yeah 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 trying to keep nice and safe i think it is like if, if in like rock climbing if you're like traversing on like a rock climb wall i think that there's similar strategies that can be used with that with like the counterbalance of your weight and like the way you can kind of yeah swing it sounds your like that's around. That. yeah for sure yeah um that would be interesting to just like let people just get on it and let them like rip it I'd love, yeah, if like they opened up um, the course the day before to the elites. Because I've, I mean, personally, I've always gone to to the races and tried to like sneak onto the course the day before. Usually, like the volleys are not happy about that. I remember like one time when I went to like the Whistler Tough Mudder, uh, I was actually chased for like two kilometers by like a couple guys in an ATV. <laughs> hey, stop! You're not allowed to be on the course. And I'm like, out, I'm like outrunning them, sneaking. <laughs> like like oh dogs after you. Um, yeah. So it's it kind of sucks that it's um it's there's like such a negative connotation around the whole idea of like checking the course out in advance because I think as a as an elite pro athlete like that's part of my job is to like to know the course well and to know how to go through it effectively and when I can't practice on it it's like. Well, I mean, am I going to do it as efficiently as I can? No, because I don't know what the best way to do it is. And there's and there's no the risk reward for trying something during the race is is so low. Like it's all risk. You know, there's no reward really for something like that. So there's not going to be as much innovation on these yeah. obstacles because like people just want to get through them. No, exactly. Like it's um, I was actually talking to Logan because I know Logan does American Ninja Warrior. He's like high level ninja athlete. I'm like, what if like we just lachade the twister? We just skipped the twister altogether and we just lachade from one bar to the next and then just like skip the whole purpose of it. And uh, I, I'd love to try it. Um, Did he think that's possible? Like, is that distance? Yeah, he, he, he thinks it's possible. Like, he's like, it, uh, definitely a big gamble. But I mean, if you got the energy and you're at the end of the race and you race, like, it'd look pretty cool. I, I don't know. I Until I try it, I don't know if I could do it, but I'd love to try. <laughs> You'll see people like Alex Walker did this in the women's race. Like she may have been three or four rungs out and then Lashade to yeah. get there. Um, so I think that'll happen a little bit, but yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, they're probably just... like, yeah, they're like 10 foot gaps. Like you couldn't get a huge backswing, but if you got a good throw, I mean, a 10 foot gap isn't that crazy for Lachey, So It's not? No, I've, I've done 12 foot and I know like some of my buddies have done like 15 feet and like people out there have done 18. So. Oh my God. Like, so I mean like, yeah. And of course, like this, where it's dry, that would be the place to go because it's going to be totally. a little bit stickier to kind of grab on. Yeah, probably, probably not going to do that like a West Virginia or something. But no, like, probably not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would just be cool to like, yeah, I don't know, see different techniques rather than everyone like going through it the same. I feel like you'd 
you could really bust your ass if you did if you tried to do helix fast too like you could probably really hurt yourself just like because the way that it is like cross yeah. like you like your your head could definitely find you're like could you jump from one side to the other? You know, like how there's different lanes. Like, could you just like frog hop across? Like, is that allowed? I don't know. You can't touch the top. That's all I know. Don't touch. I know the that's top. what they said. I don't even like know what the top is though. Like, can you touch the bottom? There's like a bar right ac- above the ground that you can walk on. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny if you did just like walk, like you just like stepped across the the crossed part and just ended up on the other side and just walked it back and forth. That would be maybe maybe. I don't know. I, just, I like the idea of innovation, though. Yeah, like what you're saying. Just yeah, like, just, trying, just trying, just trying stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know it's whatever rolling was the ball dunk wall you, you got through it. So you finished in 11th, but since then it looks like you're in 10th according to Athlinks. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So I'm, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes on the Athlinks website. I think Atkins at first was like not even. Oh, the, he wasn't the board. So that happened to VJ too at uh, in Jacksonville. He wasn't on there, and I was like, "Oh my god, did something happen?" And then like he was just yeah. back on it. Um, so overall, with the beast, like, what, what was the takeaway? What did you feel like you did well? What was something you feel like you could do better? Yeah, I, I think um, with the beast, it kind of like in some ways it went close to expectation. I knew the altitude would affect me, would affect my climbing and descending, which it did. I, I was happy how the first climb went in the sense that I was kind of gaining on people feeling very comfortable and I'm like, okay, well, this proves the point that, you know, I'm, I am climbing pretty well. And maybe if the race wasn't at altitude, things would have been a bit different. Uh, I think like for weaknesses, it shows that I should probably be practicing my downhill a bit more, Mm -hmm. even though, uh, I've got that weak ankle. I should probably maybe just try taping it up, um, getting more comfortable, just giving it a bit more because I think, uh, in these, in these races, it's, it's really important that, you, you run down quick because you're going to just lose too much time. If you're, if you're really gingerly putting your foot in front of the other side. Yeah. 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 And the obstacles, uh, the carries, I guess I can work on a bit. Um, I was actually surprised that, cause I thought, I feel like my strength since Tahoe over the last two years has improved a lot. Um, both like deadlift and just like general upper body. So I was a bit surprised with the carries, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's good to see, what works and what doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good jumping off point. Like I said, it's like, nah, it's, there's definitely a rust component for these things. Um, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to feel a race and ha- when you haven't done one in a while. Um, so if nothing else, just a rust buster totally. on, on a bigger stage and to come away, you know, top 10, top 11 and then being mixed up in some good competition for, you know, three quarters of it. Can't be, I mean, you could always be happier, but all in all, Seems like a fair way to start. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and so let's let's touch on the super quick. So you came back for the super. Yeah. Was that always the plan? Because you, I mean, you risked you yeah. risked so much to get here. So you're like, I'm, I'm exactly yeah. Um, when, when I booked my accommodation, I I was coming back on Tuesday, and so I knew that I had the whole weekend available. So it just made sense to me to do it, even as long as like I didn't break an ankle or something the day before, and I didn't. So I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And uh, came to the starting line, and pretty much it was, it was like myself, Hosick, and and Robert Killian were like, we we had some other guys there too, but um, like from from the day before, I was like, okay, it's probably just going to be the three of us, working working it out. And so uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> yeah, Hosick um, Hosick's a bit of a smack talker, and so before the race, he was like, 
yeah, if either of you guys start too fast, I'm going to throw rocks at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, no worries, man. I just want to take this nice and chill. Let's work into this. And then, you know, Rob's on the same page, but Rob's kind of like Atkins. He like, he likes to go out hard no matter what. Right. And so, yeah, Killian definitely uh, put the hurt to us a bit at the start. But uh, yeah, so the super course, I guess I'll say in advance, um, it was around 10K. I think it ended up being 600 meters, so around 2,000 feet wow. of climbing. So pretty, still solid. Pretty good. Yeah, that's quite a it, bit. Actually, the, the first climb, so pretty much all the climbing was the first climb, the exact same. And uh, the second climb was a climb up the creek bed that we were talking about before. And oh, that was pretty I, much all the climbing. So after Olympus, it, it, it cuts into that descent and goes straight to Bender and then, yeah, and then the second climb. And then, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then just a little bit of that second, that little bit of that, that, and like that creek bed re up yeah. creek. Got it. Yeah. That was, you got 2000 feet out of that. Yeah. Yeah. About 1500 on the first and then another 500 or so on the creek. So, Oh wow. That was that big, that creek. Yeah. No, it just kept going for sure. Yikes. All right. Yeah. Um, so where are you at it after like the first climb? Yeah, so uh, like the three of us kind of took off together. Rob was pushing the pace a bit, and I, Rob didn't have a great one the day before. Um, no. So I kind of knew he was there for, for blood and a bit of redemption. Um, but at the same time, I was like, well, maybe he's not that, maybe he's not in great shape right now either. And so uh, I kind of had the idea of just sitting on Rob and then feeling the climb out, and then probably when I felt a bit better, just like pushing past him, which is exactly what happened. Uh, and I think at the top of the first climb, I probably had about, I think Ian and Rob were running pretty close together. I probably had like 30 to 45 seconds on those guys. And uh, yeah, held, it, it's hard to say because I was in front of them, but I was looking back occasionally. So I, I think I probably had about a minute gap at the at the very top top after the creek. And uh, nice. I was actually, it was weird. I, I think a lot of people felt this way. I know Lindsay mentioned it as well, um, that a lot of people were actually feeling better the second day huh. after the beast. And I would actually put myself in that, in that boat as well. I'm not sure if, you know, kind of a kick in the ass at the altitude the day before, maybe like was like a super compensation of the body. It just like adapted maybe. immediately. Yeah. It's like, but, we can't uh, have an, we, we can't have an effort like that again. Let's no, fix as fast as possible. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Maybe. So, for whatever reason, I was feeling a bit better this day, um, and you know, maybe it was just the fact that it was a bit shorter. Didn't go quite as high either. Uh, pressure. I think pressure's it, off a little bit. Pressure's off. Yeah. So, and I always find when when I can dictate the pace, the the race seems to go better. Just oh, okay. I'm, I'm not. So like you're, running, you're also winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also winning, which helps mentally and. Yeah, and physically maybe a bit too and uh yeah so anyways um the uphill went really well uh the the creek bed thankfully from like ten thousand people running the day before you didn't actually have to go in the creek bed there was a well-laid path along the side oh and so i was looking afterwards at strava and uh, both ian and i had the fastest times at the creek bed which was definitely not because we were necessarily going faster but just because it was so much nicer going up that day with that path. Oh, and also you didn't have that other three mile climb. That's true too. Yeah, we were a bit fresher. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe a little fresher. <laughs> we can we argue this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. So so everything's good. So how's the descent then? The descent uh wasn't terrible. Again, it was and it's it's amazing what like five thousand people running on one path will do. Because it uh it was definitely like like it almost looked like a trail now. There was like rocks. 
there's like a clear like uh, dirt path with like rocks built up around it. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't know if someone did that on purpose or if it was just like that. But I'm like, man, this is really nice. And like you'd imagine, you have a, a lot of open waivers walking and probably just kicking rocks out of the way as they're like True. walking through. You know, because there's probably a lot of people walking that that descent yeah. the, oh, that day before. Yeah. yeah. So the descent was was beautiful compared to the day before, and I I was feeling better, so I didn't actually lose too much ground i think ian was making up a bit of time on me because he said he failed beater actually really yeah there was still a penalty loop on beater so i don't think it cost him that much time but um failed beater yeah i think what happened is he said he just um he got like a bit overconfident he just thought he, missed the bell just missed the bell like he was right there and he just like swinging a miss so that happens uh, yeah, yeah it happens and uh, so, yeah, by the time we got to the sandbag, I probably had 45 seconds on those guys. And uh, fortunately, I guess, from everyone abusing the sandbags, they were quite a bit lighter nice. than they did before. They were like, <laughs> throw on your back and run with, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and so really easy to run down and then back up with the sandbags. And I was just throwing my sandbag back into the pit when Ian and Rob were, were starting their sandbag carry. Oh, wow. But it was, it was a lot quicker. It was like well under a minute, the sandbag carry at this point. So Got it. yeah. Um, and then just continued right down into the festival area and was probably holding like a 30 to 45 second lead on, on Ian going into the bucket, lost maybe a bit of ground on that. Cause the bucket unfortunately wasn't leaking at all. Make sure to bring my like, like a drill or something next time to put some holes in it. But get a little, get a little advantage there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make a little marking, like an X marks the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, probably maybe twenty-five seconds was my advantage at spear, and I was confident. I was like, okay, there's no way I can miss two spears in a row. So found a good lane. So the spear throw is. Uh, in Utah, slightly higher than you're thrown from. Right, uh, it's uphill. You're thrown uphill, yeah. So you, you got to put a bit more force into it. But um, like aside from that, it's, it's a pretty basic throw. So the day before, I had gone like way to the right. So I'm like, okay, just make sure yeah, you aim nice and center. And uh, I actually ended up going with one lane and then picking another lane afterwards because I didn't like the look of it. <laughs> and um something's not right with this one i gotta yeah it was just was giving me some bad vibes so yeah, yeah, yeah. no not, not my lane and uh yeah one for another one through it and i just just like ah, skimmed the right side and the frustrating thing is like there was a woman uh wait no i think this was in the sprint actually in this yeah in the sprint a woman next to me through it and she like just skimmed on the right side and it stuck I'm like oh, unbelievable uh, that was exactly my super throw yeah my super throw it just went in. through it just like hit and just kind of it went just like hit and just didn't go in yeah yeah so, uh anyways ended up uh doing burpees because there was no penalty lane. really they just had burpees the next day huh and burpees the next day yeah so i don't know what inspired that change but it definitely costed me probably a bit of money so yeah Threw, threw down 30 burpees as quickly as I could. And uh, by the time I was done, both Ian and Rob had passed me. And so right. I was just kind of sitting, sitting again for third. So another 100 bucks. Yep. So then you Shin. did the sprint for some reason. 
Yes, that was not part of the plan. I was I was not going to do the the sprint. But uh, so you line up. <laughs> yeah, Ian Ian convinced me to do the sprint because uh, oh I was like, I'm I'm so beat after this, and Ian was like, Hey man, it's just going to be the three of us again. You'll you'll definitely make some money. It's like, <laughs> and you you'll get redemption at the spear. Like, okay, oh my, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I know it was like, and then like, I'm not, I just pulled the results now. And then it's like a stacked field. <laughs> and then everyone decides to show up for it. I know it's like, okay, well, <laughs> clearly this was not part of the plan, but uh, at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, at least, at least I can hit the spear this time. If so that's just, the only thing. Let's just start at the spear. Yeah. Let's just, let's just do the spear. Can I just like skip the rest of the course? I'll just walk over the spear. Skip, throw it, skip it all. Start I won't even spear. finish. I don't even care. It's just like, let me hit that spear. So yeah, it it starts out pretty much just like a sprint. I don't know. It felt like a sprint. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, Rob, Ian, and I were just like, we were thrown off the back straight away. We were just like laughing at each other. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was brutal. So that was pretty much the whole race. <laughs> that was the race. You got, you got to the spear and you didn't hit it. <laughs> you know, it okay this third spirit like i feel like things are improving day to day so it actually went in but it just bounced out ah so i don't even know i don't know what i did wrong there i guess i didn't throw it hard enough but it was like it was there you got some you got some work to do to get that percentage up that's killer for your percentage i know like, you need to hit like the next nine to yeah. like have it like be like these i wonder what a that should be a good stat i'll we'll have to ask jack bauer about this to start tracking spear mm. hits to see like yeah. what a legitimate spear hit percentage would be it's probably like 90 percent now for like the top yeah. guys i you know, i'm i'm gonna go with go with the gambler's fallacy here and assume that because i didn't make these three i'll make the next nine for sure That's no that makes sense works. i'll put money yeah. on it I'll bet on Things that. Are stacked in my favor now so sounds right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probability but. the same every time but you probably hit the hit the hit it the most now. Yeah, things um, have to even out though, right? So, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, well, cool, man. So overall, I mean, you got some good elevation in. You got some chance to get on some obstacles. So, I mean, doing the third one, I mean, third race, I mean, is probably a bit excessive, but you did it, and it was no problem. Um, and you made the trip worth it. What do you got next? Uh, yeah, so this race was kind of the tester to see if it would be worth my while traveling to some of the other U.S. races. And I think based on the result, I'm gonna stick stick with the Canadian races uh, at least until September. Uh, we've got Red Deer. Are you gonna September. do Red Deer? Yeah, definitely gonna do Red Deer, and then uh, probably hit Ontario as well. It's but only a two. I know a two it's, race it's series, a two right? race series, but uh, yeah, and the borders look like they're gonna open up for you guys from the States. And so because you guys have money up there now, they might be very competitive. Those ones. Yeah. We'll have to see. So I'm, it's, it's a bit bittersweet. I'm uh kind of wish the borders were still locked in, but it's nice to have good competition too. So, well, I mean like it well, red deer is not really close to anything like stateside. Like, no, but no. I mean, if you got like $2,000 or $3,000 for the win, it's like, well, maybe but like for anyone to realistically go there it's like some people would have to be like in the midwest like to re like it's a long trip it's gonna be a long trip for most people blue mountain yeah. however like blue mountain like, it's, that's almost a drive for me like it would be a, a oh, really? long one and it'd be a long one probably like an eight hour drive nice. but like i could do it um but like i could see that yeah, one bring it to people out. 
Yeah, it's long for East Coast. East Coast yeah. long is like three hours, and then I'm out. Eight hour, that's a West Coast yeah. drive. It's better, better scenery. Yeah, West Coast, I'm like, I'm thinking I'll drive to Red Deer, and that's like a 15-hour drive, but I'm like, okay. You have to go over the mountains, right? Yeah, over the mountains. But it's be it's cool. a beautiful drive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, was, good road trip. I was just talking to Mick, so he'll, he'll be there, and he'll nice. be up at Blue Mountain, too. I wonder, I wonder who else... Who else will show out? You think? Do you think people will show up to it? Like the the one the Blue Mountain one is because you figure like Atkins might come right because like you know but like it's really the the Blue Mountain one's really close to when Telluride would be, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think September 11th is Red Deer. I think there's some races. There's some stadium races and maybe something else. I'm not sure whether if there's other conflicts, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I feel like Red Deer is a good, a better time to bring people out than Blue Mountain. But the location, I kind of agree with you. I'm like, well, we'll have to see how many people actually choose to, to drive there. It's kind of tough to get there. But if you get the, all the all the Canadians out to it, that, that you guys are, I don't know, what, eight dudes, like pretty solid deep? Maybe? At least five. At least five. Yeah, I would really, say really strong. Like, yeah, at least for sure. Yeah. Um, so, well, cool. That would be cool. That'd be great. Well, make sure to follow along. Make sure to tag in some socials and just keep it, keeping the progress going. But uh, you know, I'm glad you were able to get, get over here, get over to race. Uh, I mean, that's, it's nice that you're able to kind of get that done. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm stoked that I got down there, even though it was a pain in the ass and I had to hide in a bathroom for two hours coming back, but it all, it all worked out in the end. So it's all for the story. Yeah. yeah you're good. All for the story. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jamie, what's going on? Hey, I'm good. How are you rich? doing great so uh i i'm excited to talk to you about this race it was you know the first big race montana was pretty stacked the last race that you were in was it was pretty stacked race but this is like the first u.s national series race since jacksonville of 2019 for you right um i actually did jacksonville 2020 2020 that's what i meant 2020 that's right that's right so it's, it's still been some time since being on like this this big type of stage you didn't finish 12th <laughs> I thought is, I did. I pretty close to twelve. You finished eleventh overall. So yeah, like uh, I made mention to that before. It's like how many you've finished twelfth in like three or four races in the nat- um, like national races. Yeah, I finished twelfth in Jacksonville, twenty twenty, right behind Annie R- Tahoe. Twelfth um, in Tahoe. Twelfth in West Virginia <laughs> in nineteen, and twelfth in West Virginia in eighteen. It's my number. <laughs> As just your number, not this time, 11 this time. So count it. It's just my favorite number. So there's that. Oh, perfect. So yeah, it was, me- <laughs> it was meant to be that way. Yeah. So- my, my dad called me up after the race. He's like, so did you win? And I was like, well, I, or no, he said, did you get first place? And I said, I got first twice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's my favorite. First twice. What's better than first once? Um, yeah, so overall, that's solid, right? Like, like, and and being in that with like such a stacked field, it's definitely a good position to be in. It looked like early in the race, you kind of established yourself in that top eight or so. But yeah, it, um, it's and it seemed like that was kind of where I figured you would kind of go out and, and kind of mix it up with. Um, but then you made mention in uh, like when we talked that you know you had some foot issues, which is a reoccurring thing that's been with you for forever right and then there was some like nutrition stuff also and it's just long race so what was going on with with those couple things before we kind of go into like the nuts and bolts of the race itself like how was 
those, those couple of factors that seem to be a little bit limiting. Sure. sure. Um, the, I guess we can start in the order you had it, but so the foot is, it's okay. Um, it was, I think it was bothering me just a tiny bit the week leading into the race. And I really didn't think anything of it. Um, just because I injured it in 2005 in gymnastics and it's got all sorts of weird growths on it, bony growths <laughs> that aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> um, and my, my range of motion is extremely limited in that big toe, which it's so funny. It's such a small part of your body, but it has a really big impact on your gait because it's at the bottom and that's what you use for, it's like the big toe and the little toe, I think are what you use for balance mm. and stuff. But it, um, it, it's something I've had for at least 15 years now. So I've definitely gotten used to it. My gait is fully adjusted to it. I know what shoes I can and cannot wear. And I think um, the Sunday before the race, my husband and I did a, a run with a lot of elevation gain and loss. Um, it was, so we went out for 11 miles. We went on the ridge of a mountain range nearby. It's a very popular route. And um, we did the first part and just did an out and back because if you want to do the whole thing, it's mm -hmm. 20 miles. And we did not want to do 20 miles, especially with it being kind of smoky. Um, but that meant we had to ascend. I think it's about 3,000 feet over three uh. miles. And then on the way back, we had to do that same descent. And it's talus. It's not, you know rocky like um well talus is rocks but it, it's not like rocks in place it's not dirt it's very loose very thin rocks where if you take the bad step by a couple of inches you are off the cliff so um we were going pretty easy on it which means we're breaking a lot because the, the grade is just so steep um which means you're engaging your quads a lot so i think that came back to me just a tiny bit on Saturday where my quads maybe burned out just slightly earlier than they normally would. And so it put a little bit more pressure on my foot, but I did not feel like my foot could handle it. Um, and, and those descents in Utah were, they were very steep, some of them. And it was not, a lot of it was not on the trail. So it was like, come down through these weeds and bushes and you don't know what you're stepping on. And I, so I just felt like my descents were not what they usually are. Um, and part of that was because my foot was not doing well on them. And I, I probably could have pushed it more than I did, but I panicked and well, I don't, I shouldn't say panic, but I, I was very cautious about it and I didn't want to, push that more than I felt comfortable doing it because I didn't know if I pushed it a little more like if I took another step was it just going to crap out on me and not support me and then I gotta get off this mountain one way or another and I'm getting to that finish line so that that was the foot thing um but yeah it, and that seems to make sense minor. yeah I mean it's I know it's something you've dealt with for a while it just seems to be like the circumstances around it just unfortunate timing but it seems like you made the right call with it being literally the first race in on that stage in such a long time that, mm -hmm. you know, getting, getting to the finish and, and, and just getting a marking on, uh, for your, the U S national series is just kind of like the right move. Um, 
So we'll talk about that a bit during the actual pieces of the race. But how was what was up with the nutrition part? Because you made mention in that in your post, and it was something I it made sense, mm-hmm. but it's something that I wouldn't necessarily have thought would be an issue. Yeah, the nutrition thing I think was definitely my biggest limiting factor in my race performance on Saturday. And I was just kind of dumb, I guess, for lack of a better (laughs) term here. (laughs) I, well, I knew that I needed to get fuel in. Um, I think we were coming off of our first descent, which was maybe two-ish miles in, um, like two or three miles in. And so I, I use honey for my in-race nutrition and I'm starting to rethink that. I don't know. It's always worked in the past, but, um, on Saturday I went to take some and it just felt really thick. And, um, because it was so dry, I didn't realize the humidity in Utah on Saturday was only 15%. And the last time I was in 15% humidity, I had a nosebleed for 50 minutes Mm. and like my, I mean, dry air is tough on everybody. Um, Mm. just like hot air or like, like hot temperatures are tough on everybody. But but, like for myself, I think I'm at the extreme end of hot temperatures really don't bother me that much. Like they can, a lot of people who grew up in Montana who don't get as much hot weather as I've had growing up. Um, or just in general, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a small person the the heat doesn't bother me as much, but the dry is really tough on me. I, I love running in humid conditions, which oh. we don't get a lot of in Bozeman, but Jeez. I know, I know most people die when I say that, but yeah, it's like, you might be the only person who feels that way. <laughs> I, I don't know. I love it. I do a 5k in Florida about once a year and it's so humid and it's so nice. I I don't disagree. I don't mind the feeling of like the humidity like over me and just like the like the sweltering heat. I don't I actually don't hate that. Like the way it is right now in Philadelphia is like fine for me. But the way it affects performance is just it's it it seems to be much harsher for most people than like a dry hot day. So that's why I, I put like sure. that's why my humidity thing, I'm like, ah, it's just not good to do anything well in um but i like the way it feels yeah (laughs) yeah that's fair um but yeah so i i was trying to eat this honey and i was basically chewing it and it was just so it just felt so thick because i had no saliva in my mouth and Mm. um I, i started eating a little bit before water um i don't take water with me i'm just terrified i'm gonna destroy my vest and then I don't want to buy another one. So I just really on eight stations and they had one about every mile, which was great in this race. Um, But I was like, well, I'll just take a little bit now. And then when I get to water, I'll take more. Um, And I put it in my mouth and I was just like, Oh man, this is so thick. And it was just difficult to eat because it was so dry. And what happened was, Every time I was eating, it seemed like I was eating a lot because it was taking me forever, which I'm already a super slow eater, but, um, it just felt like I was eating more than I was. And I got done with the race because I opened multiple packets, but didn't actually finish any of them. And I, Hmm. I looked at what I actually ate by the, 
you know, throughout the race, um, when I took everything out of my sports bra and looked at it and maybe I ate the equivalent of one honey packet over 13 plus miles. So what is the honey that, how is it packaged? Is it like a honey stinger or is it your own, like, like a honey packet? Like there would be a ketchup packet kind of thing. Kind of. Um, I use, so I used to use nature Nate's little, they like come in a paper container. Um, Mm. I feel like it's more environmental than the plastic, but it's also a thicker honey. Um, then I've also gotten some other ones. I, I can't remember the name of the brand, but it's it's like a honey stick. It's in sort of a, I don't know if it's plastic or aluminum or aluminum coated plastic. Like those things that look like a pixie stick easier. kind of? I should have gone for that one. I'm sorry? Are they, are they kind of looks like a pixie stick, like a tall? Yeah, they're not tall, but yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, But... They sell them at World Market. That's where I get them all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I had never done a race. Before 2017, I'd never done a race where you needed to eat during the race. And I went right. into Tahoe, and I was like, oh, this is a long, it was like 17 miles that year. I was like, this is a long race. And, um, you know, when you add in obstacles, it takes much longer. So it's, you need to be eating. And, and I never tried that before. And somebody was saying like, oh, well, honey is really great if you're not used to eating while running. It's not going to upset your stomach or anything. It's going to feel light and you're going to get a lot of quick energy. So like, sure, I'll give it a go and work. So I never tried anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, this time I did have a honey stinger with me as well because I thought that I had more honey in my cabinet. And it turned out they were drink mixes, not honey packets <laughs> which i found out a little late and um so i ended up getting a honey stinger and and those things taste terrible <laughs> really because that's oh so you never had any of the um because that's a pro that's the thing we're talking about right you're eating honey which will give you the same production of energy and just like work in your system the same way that any like goo or morton or honey stinger would but mm-hmm. it's not specifically made for like an endurance athlete. So things like that can happen, mm-hmm. right? Like it might not be as easy to consume, mm-hmm. but, but goose tastes terrible. I oh, think honey, yeah. I think honey stingers are like pretty good. Was it just regular flavor or was it a flavored one? It was a pomegranate one. Ah, they sell it's- ones that are just honey oh. flavored. They have like, they're oh, called, like, I think I they're called that. gold. Yeah. The person the pom- at this store they had like two different flavors. I don't remember what the other one was, but she's like, Oh, the pomegranate one, I think is, it tastes better. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with your opinion. Uh, and I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't as good as just straight. I mean, straight honey is straight sugar. So yeah. of course it's going to taste good. It's awesome. Um, yeah. I like I I prefer- that. And it was thinner, so mm-hmm. it was easier, mm-hmm. but it had, you know, its own weird flavor and it, it had electrolytes. So I was thinking like, Oh, this might be good. Um, and again, I thought I was taking in like half the gel and I got home and I was like, oh geez, I maybe had a quarter of this gel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I just, I didn't give myself enough calories during that race to feel decent by halfway through. I just kept feeling gassed, which I think a lot of people did. 
Yeah, you you definitely weren't alone. Like it seemed just to be like a suffer fest after that second climb. Even during that it, second climb, it was just like mm-hmm. it, it seemed like it really delivered. That seemed to that was probably I mean, maybe Big Bear in 2019 was as challenging, but I don't know. This Utah course looked harder. Yeah. Well, the thing about Big Bear is that the and I've only done it once two years ago, so my memory's not perfect, but what I remember is it was very grassy. Yeah. In in Utah, it's all weeds and really dry dirt, which is not sticky. You're just bringing up dust. And if you're behind somebody, you're kicking up or they're kicking up dust into your face, um, which they had the ultra runners go out first. And so we were passing a ton of mm. ultra runners and, oh, they were so fantastic. They were so nice cheering us on, jumped out of the way as soon as they heard us coming. Very awesome. Um, but you know, if you're coming around a corner and they're maybe a hundred meters ahead of you, they're going to kick up some of that dirt. It's going to still be in the air by the time you come through. So that definitely contributed, contributed to some of that dry air for all of us. Um, yeah. Breathing that right into like coating your mouth kind of, it's a gross feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then big bear, it was, it was just easier terrain, I think. And so even though it was a lot of climbing, there were no parts where, you know, it was just such a terrible footing. It was like, okay, my footing's okay. It's just really steep. Right. And here it was like, it's really steep and my footing is not great. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. And that like, I'm kind of where this landed, even though this is later in the year than what Big Bear would have been two seasons ago, it still mm-hmm. feels kind of early in the season for such a brutal race just because no one has really raced in a long time. You know, so it just it seems like it was like the first race and quite a course to kick it off. Um, so why don't we kind of get into it and talk about the actual race itself and kind of go through what it was like. And now that we have that kind of background of, you know, where you finish and, and some of the things that were going on, you can just kind of tell us like how things kind of progressed during the race. Um, sure. so, so that first, the first two miles were pretty much straight uphill. Um, did you get a chance mm-hmm. to watch the, uh, the broadcast? Yeah, my husband and I actually took a look at it last night. I really like how they edited it, and and I, I really like what they did this year. I thought it was nice. I thought it was good too, and like having having multiple people out there. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I wonder if it was good for someone who has no idea what was happening. Like, I like had a perfect idea of what was going to happen during the race, mm-hmm. just because like I looked at the athletes things. I was talking to you. I was talking to everyone else who was out there. Like, I had an idea what was going on. I wonder if like you took a random person and sat them down in front of that video. If they would have any clue what they were looking. That's for. a good point. Yeah. Um, I did. I thought it was pretty cool that they, I mean, for the first, as much as I'm sure as much as they could with where they had their runners, they really showed a lot of the field, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they, they were able to build some stories into it a bit. And then the only thing I think could have been, neat at the end is if you know once your top finishers came through if they came back and just filmed more people going through that final gauntlet i think would have been neat to see i agree because that's the story of the series right they tell like the story at the very top of the race but the series Mm -hmm. and it's like a longer thing it's told like one through 15 so if they could kind of go back and feature some of the athletes that were kind of coming through that would have been nice and i thought there was Mm going to be like Megiddo was out there so i figured Mm -hmm. he was going to be and it wasn't live, so I figured like post production he was going to be able to kind of do voiceover work on it. But like, mm-hmm. 
after watching for like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, they're not going to talk. He's not going to talk about what's happening. Um, so that could have been helpful, you know? Yeah. But he did a good job. But of overall, like, I thought they did a good job. Yeah. And Megid is, he's knowledgeable enough. Like he, he was able to kind of point out people like he said your name. I don't know if he caught when he did, like he was like, he knew who people were out there. Right. So he's able mm -hmm. to kind of like at least give a little shine, which I, which I do appreciate. So the first climb, you were pretty, you're pretty assertive. You kind of, like I said, put your, put your nose in it and, and mixed it up. How were you feeling earlier? What was the kind of the idea? What was the strategy? Um, I take out pretty much every race the same where I just, I run what feels pretty comfortable to me. Um, what I, what I feel I can generally sustain if that was the race. Um, I don't, I don't put too much thought into it. I just kind of go out and it's like, well, I'm going to go out wherever other people fall is where they fall. And this mm. is what I'm going to do. Um, so it happened that we were sort of in, I, I think it's like, I don't have eyeballs in the back of my head, so I don't fully know, but from what I could see, it looked like there was a lead pack, which had maybe four women in it. And then a chase pack, which was in the immediate area around me. It was, um, Alex, me, and then Casey, because there were some single track parts to it. Um, and then at some point, Rhea and Rose sort of came back to our chase pack, mm. or we moved up to them, or somehow um, they were with us as well, getting a little farther up on that first climb. Because um, I remember following Rose on the barbed wire crawl, um, and then going into the vertical cargo with, it was like Rose, Casey, Alex, me, and Rhea were kind of all on that at about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then it would have been, uh, Renee, Lindsay, and Annie was probably, was kind of in that middle. So they, they're like probably eighth top. There's like a pack of eight that were kind of. Yeah. Um, and I know when I, so the first climb kind of finished with. Olympus. Right. And when I came off of there, I know some of the girls failed it, but yeah. I heard, I think it was David. I, I don't even remember mm -hmm. looking to see who it was, but yeah. somebody probably David said, Jamie Bruce, a seventh place. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm in seventh. Um, yeah. And then there was a little bit of changing between me and a couple other girls. But for the first half of the race, I bounced between sixth and eighth place. Yeah, that seems about right because I think I think Alex missed Olympus, which I was surprised with, and mm -hmm. Renee Renee missed Olympus, and, and um, when that looked it looked like a tough Olympus going up after a big climb. Yeah. You're probably pretty high up in the air, mm -hmm. breathing wasn't probably that easy. It looked close for you too. Like, did you <laughs> were was it uh, like did you feel comfortable that you were going to make that? Because you almost made a, like a last second lunge at it. Uh huh. Um, were you like, I just need to do this? Or were you like, I got this and I'm going to do it? Because it was close. I think, little, I think a little bit of both. Yeah. It was Olympus, as I think we've talked about previously, is more difficult than it used to be with that new surface. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even try to put my feet on it. I don't think many people did. Although I think looking at the footage, I think Lindsay did get her feet on, at least for part of it. So, um, yeah, I was talking about this with, with Annie as well, when we're doing her recap, it's like Lindsay gets one foot, like kind of bent, like her front foot 
she's able to flex her toes to get the bottom of the front of her shoe on it. And the, okay. and her back foot remains relaxed and like plantar flexed. So she's able to kind of get one foot and kind of walk across okay. where everyone else is kind of both their feet are like plantar flexed and it's all like knees. Yeah. Um, is that kind of how you were doing it? Yeah. I just took it on my knees, um, which is slow. It was, I got across it very, very slowly, but yeah. by the time I was about halfway and I got on right after Rose and a couple of the chains were kind of sweaty from her. And I was like, <laughs> Oh no, but, but they weren't it, because it was so dry. Here's an advantage. You know, they weren't very wet. Right. But, um, there's just like that little bit of uncertainty on it's not a perfectly dry chain because somebody was just on it ahead of me. Um, but it, it wasn't bad. Uh, about halfway through, I made the decision to not fail it because I, I was like, okay, I'm halfway through this thing. I've spent a lot of time on it already. That's too much to give up. I, one way or another, I am finishing this. And, you know, of course you could say that and still miss it, but right. that was my mindset. And so I, I was not worried about finishing it. I knew I was going to finish it, um, but it was challenging and reaching for the bell. I think I could have gotten a little bit farther, but I was just like, I'm just, I gotta go. And then of course, you know, I watched the footage and it's like, some of these taller girls are reaching from so much farther away. I think Annie came like over the top across her body mm-hmm. and was able to ring the bell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to kind of jump off and I, I think I can accurately hit it. And I did. Um, so that was good. And one thing in watching the footage that was very much in your character, like someone's like the camera person, I think said good job. And you made sure to say thank you to them. Thank you. <laughs> and earlier you could, you could uh, hear you give some encouragement. I think to Kate, like you and Casey were kind of running next to each other and you're like, mm-hmm. good job. Like, like I was like, this is very much a Jamie race. This is very much in, in, in her personality. So how was that first descent then? Were, were, was there a plan on that or, and how's your foot at this point? Oh, it was fine then. It's okay now. Okay. Later that it started bothering me. Yeah. The first descent, I saw, well, I saw Casey and I thought it was Alex was right next to her, but I think it must've been Ariel. Um, it was probably Lauren Weeks. But see, she was wearing black top, right? She was. Yeah. The person was wearing a light, like grayish colored top. So that's why I thought it was Alex. Cause I didn't know she had failed it yet. Well, she had failed. Yeah. But Ariel was wearing like a light gray colored top. And later in the race, my husband Maybe. got to a lot of the obstacles and he was like, yeah, the first, like most of the race, Ariel was getting to obstacles about 45 seconds before you. Okay. So okay. I, it must've been her. Either yeah, that or she, I hallucinated the whole person and there wasn't somebody there. was there. nobody. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thin air, you know, it's real dry. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So you see two people like right out in front of but you. I, yeah. And I knew one was Casey because she was wearing that blue and green sports bra. Mm-hmm. And I just... I know her pretty well. I know her. I know. Well, I know. I don't know. Maybe this is weird, but as a running coach, um, I know people's gates, mm-hmm. and it's it's like if I see somebody out running, I can tell who they are before I see their face. Hmm. So I knew it was Casey, um, and she. I think she was 
behind Ariel or, or whoever this person was, if there was another person, because um, I couldn't see the other person very well. I could just tell a light-colored sports bra or top. And um, so anyway, I was like, oh, there's Casey. I'll go chase her down. Because in my head, I'm thinking there's people behind me trying to chase me down somewhere. I don't know where they are. But if I start thinking about that, then I'm not thinking about moving up. So mm. I was getting after Casey and came down to the eight foot wall. And that was one of my better walls. Um, sometimes I try to jump into it, like run and jump into it. But this wasn't working. I gave it like one attempt like that and then or two attempts like that. Um, <laughs> the first one I was so dumb, I grabbed on the side of the wall and I was like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm cheating. Um, yeah. so was it was it? Um, were you coming at it? Cause it was at the bottom of that descent before you had back up. So was it mm -hmm. flat or was it, was you coming, it was, it did end up yeah. flattening out. Yeah. What is, what is the strategy that you have for that? And it's, it's worth knowing that you're five feet tall, mm -hmm. right? So like, uh, what do you do that might be different? I mean, like I'm a foot taller, so I just reach up and grab the thing. What, <laughs> like, how do you kind of navigate something like that? Yeah. So it, this time, which I think was useful was because those little steps are, they're tough. You can't hang out on them. Mm -hmm. They're like an inch thick. Um, so I put my left foot on the bottom step because I, I can't just go from the ground to the top step. It's too tall for me. Okay. Like I, I put my knee up. It's much sharper than a 90 degree thing. And I'm not right. strong enough to get my toes on and lift my whole self up from that. So I have to go on the bottom one. Um, so what I could do was I, I got my left toes on the bottom one and I could give it a little jump to get up to the wall, get my hands mm. on the wall. And then I could get my feet on the top step, both of them kind of mm. readjust my hands and then pull up. So you kind of have to come at it like sideways almost like you put your left foot as your left foot turn. Like, is your foot straight toward? Is, yeah, like, is your heel? Oh, okay. It's not. I, I, I assumed like you had like your heel kicked out to the side to get like maybe the side of your foot on it. No, okay. so just, your, just my toes. Got yeah. it. You can jump up and grab. Okay. And then you just yeah. readjust and then you can help kind of jump yourself over. Yeah. And that works because that's something that's kind of hit and miss for me. A lot of times miss where I'll spend a lot of time on that obstacle. But this one, I think it took me three attempts, which was pretty good yep. for me. It's also helpful. The dry air helps on, on things like that, right? You'll stick to the so, step yeah. probably a little bit better, be able to grab a little bit better up top. Right. Um, and then, then the big climb, right? Then so the like, climb. then the climb, how was, how was that for you? Cause that seemed like an absolute grind and they didn't show any of that on the, the coverage, Not, but just because yeah. I think it was like no man's land. It was like way yeah. into the mountain. Um, so yeah, we, we got some running before that, which was nice. It was, it was very runnable before that. And I think we had a couple of minor obstacles. Um, and I was, I kept thinking I was coming up on Casey and I'd get really excited and it would be an ultra runner. I was uh, like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I finally did catch her. It was, I think right before the hurdles and I passed her and then I could see, Raya was on the hurdle right before me. Oh. And um, so I'm just so like, like oh, okay, cool. The, I'm looking at the map. That's why I get on like real close oh, to the screen. Right yeah, <laughs> I got mine on up too. So I, hopefully I'm Okay. So close, closer to the, the top then is the, is the hurdles then, right? Like after Tyro. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, and the map actually, it has monkey bars early, but monkey bars were much later. Yeah, they just moved that. They just decided last second. They're like, eh, okay. we'll just have this at the end. It's That's what it seems like anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so coming into the hurdles, I passed Casey. I saw Rhea. And it was, it was uphill, but it was very runnable uphill. So we were going up there, and I did not realize that I was running at a faster pace than Rhea, but I caught her. So I was like, okay, cool, you know, oh, good job, you know, maybe we can climb this together. <laughs> That's cute. Um, no. <laughs> so as soon as we went into the non-runnable section, she took off on power hiking, and I thought, I was pretty good at power hiking and I'm not at this point in my life right now. Huh. Um, I lost a lot of ground on that. That's when I tried the honey stinger, the pomegranate. And then I was like, Oh, this is not the flavor I was expecting, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, I'm going slow anyway. Might as well try and fuel up. Right. And, Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kept looking at Rhea and I was like, okay, she's not, she's not getting that much ground on me. You know, I was like, I, I can stay with her and, and it, it wasn't bad, but I didn't realize how long that climb was. And there were, from our viewpoint, there were a lot of false peaks. So I kept thinking, it's like, oh, we're, we're almost done with this. You know, she's not that far away. I'm, I'm in it. But then we keep going and I realize, oh, that's not the end. It's not. You have close. like a whole mile left. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and at that, somewhere along there, Casey came back and passed me, and so did Renee. Oh, Renee and called I'd never up. met Renee before, so I was just like, wow, who is this person? But did she still um, seem fast at that point after? Because she took yes. it out hard. Okay, she so did, she was yeah. still rolling? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, I, I didn't know who she was, so, you know, I do what most people would do. I Googled her later. Right. And oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this person's a good runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, I don't feel so bad about her blowing by me um, a couple of times in the race. But, yeah, so she she passed. So Casey and I hiked together a little bit before she eventually passed me. And that was when Renee passed us. And she was just like we were – it felt like we were standing still the way she moved past us. Wow. Hmm. I didn't so, realize she was yeah. able to make her way back that aggressively. I guess it makes sense mm -hmm. because it wasn't necessarily a failable obstacle. I don't know how the back half of her race went, um, but you did end up finishing. I don't guess think we'll, it was good. This, I wouldn't think so. Either, but she must have spent a lot to catch back up uh, mm -hmm. to you guys because at this point you must be in anywhere between sixth and ninth. Yeah, I think I think when I got ahead of Casey, that put me in six. Yeah. And then when she came back up on me, it put me back into seven. So we were six and seven, and Renee was eight and then became six, um, wow. I think. Huh. And, yeah, so we, we went up that big climb, and there was water at the top, which was nice. And I tried to eat more honey, which, of course, I had a lot less than I thought I had. And, um, and then they had crawl tubes. Which weren't on the map. There were? Uh-huh. Were you I was looking so forward excited. to that? You had been pumped. You're like, look at this. This is my obstacle. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw them. And I saw um, Casey was, like, going through them right as I was coming into the water. Like, I could just barely. She was just barely in my sights. 
And I was like, oh, Casey, you're really tall. This is not your obstacle. This is my obstacle. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So I like grabbed some water, had some honey, not enough, and like ran through the crawl tubes, which I don't have to crawl in those. I just do a hunched over run. You can really? Yeah. So did you come out like all of a sudden you were like in third place? You gained that much ground. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, right. Um, if they were if they were the first obstacle maybe they'd throw me into first. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but did you, did you gain ground? Did you catch up to her? Um, you know, I probably did, but I didn't gain enough to see her. Got it. Um, I don't think I really saw her much. Um, so yeah, we came through the crawl tubes and then I think there was more just running. You're on your way down. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. A, a little bit down. It's a, this is this is after armor or before armor? That like so uh, I don't think we actually did armor. Oh, I there think was that no was armor. Just the ultra. Okay, 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 okay. I thought that was like the last obstacle for. It's okay, like that's right like, at the split. I don't remember doing armor. Okay. Okay. Um, but Alex caught me right before the split between beast and ultra beast. And it was, we were just about to go into the Irish tables and I was starting to feel pretty tired at that point. And when I didn't, I didn't know that Alex was behind me because this whole time I was thinking I was chasing her down the mountain. So when she came up behind me, I heard somebody and I could tell it was a woman just from the, the sound of her breathing. And so I was like, oh, who is that? Maybe it's Ashley Heller because I didn't see her. And I figured I didn't think she was ahead of me. And I was like, oh, it's got to be Ashley. And then it was Alex. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. When did Alex get behind me? And then I was like, shoot, did I miss something on the course? Because also, you know, I was like, I didn't do monkey bars. Right. <laughs> but then I just realized monkey bars were later. And, and so I'm thinking the whole time, I was like, oh, my gosh, did I just cut the course? Did I screw this up? But then, of course, uh, Alex failed Olympus, and I just didn't right. know. And I hallucinated her earlier, thinking that she was ahead of me. I could see how I could, because like it, that's unexpected, honestly, that she would miss Olympus, you know, mm -hmm. and that uh, it would make sense that she would kind of be there with with someone like Casey and like mm -hmm. working her way up through. <laughs> so yeah, that was probably crazy. Like, oh wow, yeah. So was, in my head, I was just like, well, if I get to the end and I haven't done monkey bars, I'll just have to tell people that you got to DQ me because I missed something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but can't do anything about it now. It's like, yeah, but I was, I was like, right now I'm just going to keep racing. All right. Um, and yeah, so she passed me right before the Irish tables and then did the Irish table much faster than me. And um, then we went up again a little bit, a tiny climb. Before you, okay, before the big descent, it was like a little bit yeah. up after, okay, yep. that, until you got to like the peak of the course. Yeah, and so she, she left me on that, and then, then I think we started going down yeah. pretty hard, yeah. That's where it got pretty technical and steep. Yes, and that, that's when I was just like, realizing, I, maybe my brain was already protecting my foot before I was conscious of it because I was realizing that my descent did not feel like a normal descent for me. It felt mm. very controlled and cautious. And I was thinking it didn't feel smooth. 
and it, I didn't like it, but I wasn't, I couldn't figure out how to get it right. But I think that might have been the part, I'm not looking at the elevation map, but that might have been the part where it was the steepest. I think that's, that I think later? that's right. I think like okay. before you got into Bender and yep. Twister is like where yeah. it was real, like that real tall grass. And it was, it was a very short section, but it was where it was crazy steep, but it was really steep and it was rocky and there were like grasses and other yeah. forbs coming out of the ground that were kind of like, you couldn't see your footing mm-hmm. and there were a couple of loose rocks in there, but it was mostly just loose dirt. And I think I just probably went down on my butt for most of it. Oh, I did probably you? took a couple of steps. My feet came out from under me. I slid for a bit and that was probably better than running down it anyway. You could see from the, from the footage anyway, that that's something like that happened to Rose too. Like she ended mm-hmm. up kind of back, backpedaling and being on the ground. Um, so yeah, yeah was- I like, I like that they put that stuff and I, 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 I like running on that stuff and I wouldn't typically do a, a section like that ever if it wasn't for this race, but I don't like racing mm-hmm. it, you know, like racing that yeah. is just like a little bit too scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, especially when you can't see where the ground is and you don't know, I, I don't like it when there are some rocks that are loose because somebody above you could kick a rock into your head or you yeah. could kick a rock into someone below you's head and you could seriously injure them. Yeah, that's true. Because that's a, that, that loose gravel on something on something that's so steep, you could definitely mm-hmm. get something flying down. Yeah. So, so I, don't, this, I don't like it for that reason, but but it was yeah. short, it was very short lived. Um, so we did that, and then came into Bender, and Bender was Bender, you know. <laughs> and oh, I I did it the right way this time. <laughs> Oh, you did uh, it. The, yeah, like you did yeah, that. I'm not the opposite. <laughs> backwards and then had to redo it. Um, yeah, so at least I remembered how to do it. And yeah. then um, Twister was pretty soon after that. Yep. Um, and that was pretty normal Twister. Um, and mm. then we went back up. And this was kind of an interesting part of the race. Oh, but I did come off of Bender feeling fairly gassed um my husband was there cheering and i was like oh come on don't look like you're falling apart in front of him oh but, good for him he like, got up was, there nice oh yeah he was all over the place spectator champion yeah he really is um yeah he, he at one point he was like directing people and he almost missed the eight foot wall and he's like no no you gotta do this he <laughs> <laughs> should get a free race entry he was probably like <laughs> he's probably like taking in fuel to to watch a race like that to to go <laughs> Get all the way. Up. I mean, even that. I mean, that's not the highest point of the course, but I mean, he still probably had to ascend fifteen hundred feet or something to get there. He moved, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he, you know, he was in, encouraging me. So I was like, okay, you know, it's even if it's a complete slog. Um, and then we started going up the hill, and mm. it, this was an interesting part of the course because you could either run in the creek or you could run in the bushes there was no trail unless i just totally missed it no i think you're right that's what it seemed like okay so i was kind of like oh creek it's so dry i need water so even if it's just my feet it'll feel good so i was in the creek and it wasn't 
it wasn't bad. It was just like crazy shallow. Just a little bit of water dripping through. You could um, see the um, it, in, in the men's race, the the dude Hawk call, he like was stopping mm -hmm. and like getting it on him. Oh, he was yeah. like using it to to get a little reprieve from the Hold heat. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely felt good on my feet and like my ankles or however high it went up. But so I went up part way and my left like upper thigh, I'm not sure what that muscle is, started cramping. And I thought that I had figured out how to not cramp by just increasing muscle strength because that was something I dealt with in 2018. But then in 2019, I didn't cramp a single race. So I was kind of like, oh, I figured it out. I'm not going to cramp ever again. <laughs> and yeah, that was not accurate at all. <laughs> not, so, not the case. <laughs> but I, I did take, every time I'm in a longer race, I do take some pickles just in case. And so I did have that. So I, I opened those up. I took in some of those. It was the first time in my life that I took in pickles without choking on the vinegar. Was it so just the juice or was it a full pickle? It's um, it's like a little sweet relish packet like you can ah. get to put on a hot dog. Yep. Um, I actually don't like pickles, but I like sweet pickles. Okay. And it's it's the vinegar and the garlic that does it because it – um. so if you'll excuse my science for a second – Bring there's it. when a muscle cramps what happens is there's a tendon i think it's called the golgi tendon i'm not a physiologist but the tendon that's associated with that muscle is basically the thing that's locking up and it's causing your muscles um those fibers to basically constantly be recruited going into that mm -hmm. tetany and so, like, for example, if your calf is cramping, it's your Achilles tendon that's being crazy. And all that you need to do is get your brain to not focus on that, to focus on something else, and it will release it, and then you're good. So that's why pickles work, because of the vinegar is very potent. If there's garlic in it, that's a potent taste. Um anything that's really salty, like if you have a salt pill and you just bite down on it, that's a really strong taste. That's going to distract your brain just long enough to release or send some signal to release that muscle. Um, and then that's what actually released. It's not, it's not the salts because it works way too fast for the salts to do anything. And also right, if, no it can get there. Yeah. Right. And if your problem was a lack of salt, your entire body would seize up. It wouldn't be localized to one muscle. Th that's the thing. Like if, if you're, if just like things are signaling the right way because of electrolytes, like you got bigger problems. Yeah. Right. For, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, yeah. That that's a good, like, so Ben's, it's like, there's like a disruption in, in, in like, yeah. And like it, from your brain. Right. So being able to, mm -hmm. to, to take a signal and, and, replace it by nutrition is an interesting one by some sort of sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could yep. do it with like smells even? Do you think you could do it with other things outside so. of, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you could. Yeah. Even if you just like bite down hard on your tongue or your upper lip that I've read can help. Um, I don't think it's, uh, maybe I just don't bite hard enough, but I haven't found it to be quite as effective. It has to be more painful than, uh, yeah, it has to be more painful than the, than the <laughs> yeah. cramp probably. And maybe you actually have to draw blood. Yeah. But, <laughs> 
But yeah, just something where your brain has to focus on this other thing. And then it, it allows your, your tendon and your muscle to just relax for, for a second. And then you can get more control over it. Right. But, so there's a nutrition. There's a, so the, I, I'm glad we're talking about this, right? Because a lot of times it's that's the the conversation when people kind of get out of cramps, like, oh, I didn't I didn't eat enough. I, I was cramping mm-hmm. because this, and I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. that that's always the case, right? It's typically no. a tr- a training equation. Like you have not gotten to the point to to train yourself to like let your body know that it's okay to go this far, yeah, or uh, that you that you're going to cramp. So you can eat as much. You can eat all the electrolytes in the world. Like you can take in salt packets bef- and, and mustard packets before you're cramping. Like it's probably not going to do anything it's, if you don't have the no. appropriate volume and training. No, if you're if you're on the ground and your whole body's seizing up, then yes, try to eat more salt next time. But if it's a localized muscle that seizes up on you or a couple of muscles, then no, the only reason you have those salt, pickles, mustard, hot sauce, whatever works for you, is to get out of that. It's the, it's not the preventative measure. It's the, like, remedy once it's already happened. And it's short term, right? It's not like, yeah. because like what you said, like the salt is not then going into your system or the vinegar going into your system and going mm-hmm. to your No, calf. no, it's, <laughs> it doesn't it's work just that a way. distraction. Right. It just takes your brain yeah. away from that one point, but it doesn't mean your brain's not going to go back there. Right. Um, and and you're, you're not going to feel great afterwards. You're just not going to be completely seized up in that muscle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's a good point. And, and they, I think a lot of people were cramping up on Saturday. I think the grueling course coupled with the temperatures and just the atmosphere of it, I, I think were more demanding on people than they're used to. Um, and I think the longer term fix too, is just building up those muscles. More volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think that's another thing. It's just like, like how you thought it's like, Oh, I, in my previous experience, I feel like I've done a good job of being strong enough to not cramp, but this mm-hmm. is the first time. That's why, again, when I said this race seems kind of early, even though it's not, mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty brutal race to, to lay on people before they've had able a chance to like recognize that they need to kind of build this up. So I think this is probably a wake up call for, for a lot of people from that. For sure. It was for me. What did you do to build up your muscle? Was it in the gym or was it doing Hills? Like when you felt like you you, you Um, fixed it? Yeah. I guess you could call it the gym. I don't really go to a gym. So my living room waits, but (laughs) gym um, style workouts. Uh, so for me, very early on, occasionally my calf would get me. So I just did a lot of calf raises, weighted calf raises. Um, we have two floors in my apartment, so we have a staircase, which is great. And I just take like a 25-pound plate, put it on my back, and do um, – so every week, every Monday, I'll do 60 calf raises with two feet on the stairs. And I, I do it on the stairs so that I can go down farther with my centric. heels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do 60. similar to what it would be like on a climb, like a steep climb like that. Yep. You'll probably get that same type of ankle. Yeah. Budget. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. Um, yeah. so I'll do 60 with both feet and then I'll go 30 on each foot one at a time single. Um, and that has helped cause I, I haven't felt weak in my calves in a very long time. So I think doing that consistently is helpful. And then, um, when I do my workouts in the summer, which is, um, like the warmer time from f- about 
the beginning, maybe, well, maybe late April to the beginning of May until the end of October. So when it's maybe just barely snowing or not snowing, we'll do workouts on hills. So if I'm doing tempo work, which, you know, true tempo work is not on hills, but you know, sort of a tempo based effort yeah, sometimes. Um, tempo, or, um, tempo effort. Yeah. Yeah. Like cruise miles. It's on this mile loop that it's not a lot of hill. It's like a hundred feet over the mile, but it's not just your nice flat ground. Um, so that can help. And then um, other like 5k effort stuff is on hilly, a hilly course too. Yeah. Um, mo- most of the runners I work out with are trail runners. So it's like, well, we're going to run on this anyway. Let's, let's work out on it. That's the thing. Yeah. Cause those type of workouts, if you wanted to, like you're going to be naturally slowed down. Right. So if like speed is your objective doing it on Hills, I mean, you'll still get some sort of strength and speed benefit, but like not as much if you, if you were doing it on flat, but if you're going to yeah. be doing, so that's why it's like hard to kind of be the best flat runner and hill runner. You just kind of need to spend time. On the yeah. Hills. Yeah. And you know, all, all winter long, all, it's just more than winter. It's like most of the year or at least half the year we're on the track. So we're getting flat speed work there. You know, my Friday work. So this is Tuesday. My Friday workouts are often on flatter areas in the neighborhoods or something kind of fartlek style. Um, so I wouldn't recommend doing all of your workouts on hilly course, but I do think it can be helpful to, do some of it on there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's built it up. And then the other thing is, so more recently from my calves, it's my inner thighs that, that have locked up on me and um, just trying to do a lot of squatting and lunges to get at that muscle um, the single leg squat or yeah, single leg squats are useful. Mm. Um just different things like that, that I'm really engaging that muscle. Yeah. 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 But that, okay. So then, but you were feeling it there after that, the last, the last little climb, you're still, you're starting to feel a little bit, a little bit crampy and then going yeah, back down so is when up, you had like the big, the big final descent. Right. Yeah. So coming up through the Creek, it was just the left one. And so I took the pickles that made it stop. And then I was like, well, I'm in this cold water. I'll splash some cold water on it. Maybe that'll help. And I think it did. Um, so I did that coming up. And then Renee comes up again. And I I hear her and I see her. Where'd you pass her this time? I'm sorry? How did you get by her this time? Um, oh, shoot. I don't remember. One of those obstacles, I think. Um, oh, maybe, maybe she missed Twister? Maybe that was no. it. Oh my god! Okay, so she catches she up again. She wasn't too far ahead of me. Yeah, I, I don't remember where it was, but but yeah. So she she comes up, and I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know who this person is. So in my head, she's not as good of a runner as she actually is. And I was just like, all right, this person's passed me before. I'm not going to let her take off on me. So I go with her, uh. and it wasn't very far that because she passed me towards the top of the climb, and um, kind of at the top was Beater. And I'm just like, nope, I'm not letting this girl take off on me. We're running together. So we did for a little bit. And then we came into Beater about the same time. And I think she failed Beater. Um, I don't know if she's ever done it before, which if you've never done it and you've never seen it, that's 
probably a very confusing obstacle. Yeah. And it's a tougher one. It's tougher. One, I mean, once you understand it and you can look at it, how it's supposed to work, it's more simple, but I could see it coming up mm-hmm. to it and just being visually confused about how to get through it. Yeah. yeah because I think she hesitated. She is, you know, for the women, the stairs to actually get on the obstacle are on the opposite side. So I didn't see her cause it's a kind of a wide obstacle. Um, but I didn't hear her get on it. I think she was hesitating. And so I got on it on the side I was on and got through it. And then I never saw her again. Okay. So I'm not sure if she, she made it through that one or not. Um, but maybe not because it looked like her second. Well, I guess we're, we're past the halfway point now, but the, the rest of the race, I don't think sincere. she could make yeah. much ground there. Um, and she ended up like in 15th or 16th, I think. I think she was 17th even. Was she? It was pretty uh, far back. Yeah. For, for someone yeah, 17th. who was up in the front and, and clearly has the aerobic capacity to, you know, if this was just a trail run, she probably could have won it. Yeah. Um, she had a similar result in um, Jacksonville. She did something similar. Okay. Like where okay. she was like top three top five and then just had like mistake after mistake after mistake and ended up yeah. somewhere like in the set 15 to 20 range. Yeah. That's very much how I started off in the sport, not at the national series level, but just in more of the local races, I'd get out at a very comfortable conservative pace and I'd be leading these races or, you know, at least in second place. And then we'd hit these obstacles that I couldn't do. Yeah. Or, or maybe I could get through them, but it would take so much energy for me to get through them. Then I was like, oh, I'm barely hanging on on this run. That's ridiculous. You know, and then I would just watch all these people pass me. So so I hope she sticks um, with it, right? Because there is definitely a learning curve. Cause if she sticks with it, I think she could be very good at the really sport. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Um, so then where are we then as you're coming down? We haven't so, reached pipe layer. No. So we did the box. box. Yep. Um, pretty typical, much better than in Montana for me, got through it much faster and didn't feel exhausted afterwards. So that was good. Um, and then stairway to Sparta, my husband was down there. Um, that is one of my worst obstacles when it's in the beast. In the beast distance. This is what we had trouble Mm -hmm. in, um, Tahoe. Tahoe. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. I wasted so much time there in Tahoe. (laughs) Um, so we had talked about it beforehand and it was kind of like, okay, give yourself, you know, three to five good attempts. And if you're not doing it, you're done. Just burpees. So I got on there. Um, again, I tried to run into it, but it's like when I run into it, I think this is my gymnastics skill, uh, kind of kicking in is that I don't know how to just run and jump. Like you're playing basketball, you know, and you take off with one leg. Yeah. I run and I hit the floor or the ground and then try to jump off of that. <laughs> just you know? completely so, stop. So like yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a vault springboard and right. vault was my best event. So, but that's not useful for going up when you're on vault, you're not going up off your feet. It's you get height off your shoulders. Right. So <laughs> it's not a good method for a stairway to Sparta. Not ideal. And, <laughs> um, so I, you know, then it was like, take a couple of steps into it bend your knees actually jump and i could get my i could get both hands on the piece but i guess i just didn't have the grip to hold on like i could hold on for half a second and then i was falling off 
Mm. So I tried that, I think three or four times. And then I just did burpees and they oh, you did felt, end up doing burpees there. Yeah. They yeah. felt slow, but I don't think they were terrible. Um, just because burpees are sometimes my best obstacle. So, um, yeah, I think they were decent enough that I didn't lose too much, um, time on that. Um, so yeah, I came through that and left and I, uh, from my husband's recount of it, it sounded like Ariel was not too much ahead of me. She also did burpees on that. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I think she was still like a minute or so ahead of me at that point, but I didn't know. I didn't see her. Um, and then that's when the wheels kind of started falling off was because um, I, I just didn't eat enough. And so my everything was feeling really tired and my downhills. Well, th that's the thing is the rest of the race was mostly downhill. Mm -hmm. And my downhill was so bad that day yeah. that I was comparatively very slow on those downhills. And the girls behind me really made up a lot of distance on that downhill section. Um, Especially after so yeah, burpees. I, yeah. A lot of energy being spent. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, plus I, I was, I had just recently cramped. So doing the burpees, I was kind of like, okay, just don't cramp on burpees, which I didn't. That was good. Oh, nice. um, but I was somewhat cautious on them. Um, and then, so pipe layer was next. That was pretty typical. And then the rope climb, um, there was a water station right where rope climb. And I took some water going up the rope. And I was like, well, just climb the thing. And I get down, and then they both immediately seized up on me. Uh. So I did have some pickles left. I only had part of the package. So I got those, and it didn't help a whole lot this time. And then I ran back to the aid station. I was like, maybe if I put water on them, it'll help. No, it didn't do anything. And and then I was just like, well, I'm just going to try running on them. Like, yeah, they're cramping up, but Let's nothing see. else is right. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and let people pass me. So I started and it didn't like it was just this goofy, wobbly giraffe at first. And then I walked a little bit and then I tried again and, and I was just like, no, I'm just, I got to run these cramps out. So I did. And it, it kind of worked. Um, my legs felt pretty jelloey, but they were functioning. Um, so that worked. And you got about two and miles left at this point. Right. So it's like some running like left, two carries left and a bunch of obstacles. Hmm. And I so was, that, yeah. Oh, sorry. So yeah, after the rope climb was the you got into those back to back carries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the the sandbag carry was pretty short. That was nice. Um, so I was going down, and it looked short. And I was like, "Oh, that's all I have to do." And then when I got down a little farther, I realized it was a little bit longer um, because it was on a hill. But then I saw the end where you turn around, and I was like, "No, that's not it, Jamie. It's going to be farther. Just be prepared for it." But then it wasn't. Yeah. So that was a nice mental relief. And then, yeah, and then it was more downhill. And then it was the bucket carry. And I was trash at that point. I picked up the bucket and then I put it on my shoulder. And the bucket felt heavy. And then I felt really lightheaded. 
and like you know when you're gonna pass out like the corners of your vision get a little dark oh whoa who's doing yeah, that so that was happening oh no <laughs> and i was just like just stay conscious just don't pass out and, <laughs> and and then we can put this bucket down and and i did manage to stay conscious on it that was good but it was very slow i, I could barely move on it um those girls behind me were catching up okay so and, people are catching it that like this is almost mm-hmm. survival are you feeling like in survival mode at this point you're just like let's just finish Kind of like I, I was definitely still racing, but I was also just I didn't have much fight left in me. I yeah. really didn't. Yeah. Um, and it on that carry, my sole purpose was stay conscious. Um, <laughs> but I did see Ashley O'Hara was starting the bucket before I had put mine down, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh man, she's coming. and. And I thought I was in 10th at that point, but I was in ninth. And I was like, man, I don't want to give up a top 10 spot. So I was like, just just keep trying. And, you know, I could barely, there was a lot of walking at this point. I could barely even run. Um, but I got over to the Z-Wall and that was fine. And then the Atlas Carry was fine. And then Multi-Rig was next. And um, I thought it was... I, I was a little nervous about it, but it, it was okay. Um, I think I, in previous years when I wasn't as strong, that would have been um, more difficult. And I, there's a good chance I probably would have missed it a couple of years ago. But um, I, I, it was kind of funny. Like my legs had nothing, but my arms were still pretty good, hmm. um, which is kind of funny. But yeah, so I got on it and I got through it. And then it was the spear throw, which I missed. Um, mm. I mean, it, it was like I threw a paper airplane with holes in it. <laughs> it's like all your all your might too. Just I had nothing. Yeah. What was that penalty loop like? It was not terribly long. It was uphill through the bushes, um, and I couldn't even run the whole penalty loop. Mm. I had I. And, you know, and my husband's yelling at me, like, you got to run, you got to run. I was like, I know, I, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's so pathetic, like, looking back on us, you know, of course, when you're feeling fine, it's like, why couldn't I have just run something? Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, I, you know, I was kind of just like, just put one foot in front of the other. And, and it was kind of like a, a walk-run um, combination. And... As I was coming down that loop, I saw Ashley was going up, and she also was walking part of it too. She also missed. She missed, yeah. And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe she won't catch me. I can do this. She has to walk too. Um, but then we came into her coist, and I'm very slow at that. And so I'm well. First, I I don't know. I couldn't find the red bags, which was dumb. And I like went for a black one thinking it was red. And somebody's like, women are the red bags. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is black. Okay. (laughs) So I picked up the red bag um, and I start going. And out of nowhere, Faye Morgan starts pulling next to me. And she's so good at that obstacle. And it just goes up immediately. And mine's still like halfway up. Um, So she gets through that very quickly and passes both me and Ashley. So all three of us are on this obstacle at the same time. 
in 9, 10, and 11 place. And I, Ashley did not pass me on this obstacle, but we basically finished it at the same time. We ran into Helix together. And at this point, both of my legs are like threatening to cramp on me. My foot's feeling terrible. And I'm mostly getting across this thing on my arms, which mm. thankfully somehow still had a lot of strength in them, even though my legs didn't. And so I'm going across and she out helixes me pretty handily. Um, but I get through it. And then, um, then it's just the rolling mud and the, in the dunk wall and the slip wall. And so I, I can see both her and Faye ahead of me in the rolling mud. And I was, I didn't know how much distance there was between that and the finish. And I was like, well, okay, if there's some running, maybe I can still beat them. Or maybe if I can get through the mud faster, you know, like it's not over. Um, but I, they got, they were ahead of me and they got up the slip wall like a normal person. And I get onto slip wall and I, went for what I thought was a, a lower rope, but it wasn't the low one. And I grabbed onto the bottom, which was just coated in rubber. I'm sure to extend the life of the ropes, oh, right? but it was very slippery. It wasn't mm. the rope material. So I slid right down it and Casey was there um, cheering for, you know, other girls finishing. And then she's like, no, use the middle one. <laughs> So okay, which was longer, and and then my foot. Oh, I forgot to mention a little earlier. There was um, the A frame, and my my foot went off on me coming down on A frame, which just means that it it's not functioning, and like all of my toes are trying to be in the same place. So. Um, and it's kind of painful. So what, what happens, I don't fully understand it, but I think what is going on is for 10 months of my life when I was in college, when I re-injured it, um, my foot really just had a stress fracture, but because there was already so much damage going on, my body just sort of shut down function to that foot. Hmm. And I could not move. My foot was paralyzed. And this, this is my, like my big toe. It's not even my whole foot. It's my big toe, <laughs> which sounds so dumb, but I could not move my big toe. So I could not walk because I couldn't push against the ground and just kind of collapse, um, for 10 months of my life while I was in college. And I wore the boot and the surgical shoe, anything to, to, so I could actually get around 10 um, months. 10 months. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Oh, it did a number on my mind. Cause I'm just like, am I crazy? What is going on? Surely a normal person can move their foot yeah. after a small foot injury. Um, but yeah, after a lot of neurotherapy and a visit to the Mayo Clinic, um, things started functioning again. And you know, I, I remember it was, November 20th, I was at the PT and she's like, okay, we're going to try walking today. Um, and she put me on treadmill and she put it at the lowest setting, the, the slowest setting. And I walked for nine minutes on treadmill. And it was, it was the most exciting day of that whole year. And, <laughs> and I was training in the pool at the time because I couldn't do, 
you know, I couldn't run. Um, so I was training when the diving team was training and I got to know them and the coach fairly well. And I came in and I was like, you guys, I walked for nine minutes. And then the coach was like, he could just, he was so excited about how excited I was that he told a recruit for the first time in 10 months for nine minutes. <laughs> and so it was a big deal. Um, that is, I mean, that is like, ten, like you say 10 months. And I mean, in the scope of like, life it's not an incredible amount of time but it's almost a full year in like a formative year mm -hmm. of your life that had to been incredibly mm -hmm. hard to deal with the hardest part was that i didn't know what was wrong nobody knew right. what was causing it and then finally you know like this team of doctors at the Mayo clinic where they're just like well you know they listed off all the issues all the physiological issues going on in the foot and then they're just like our best guess is that you're something in your brain has shut down your ability to use this foot because you kept pushing it, you kept pushing it and it needs to heal and it has healed, but it now can't figure out to... how to turn itself back on. Your brain needs proof, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so once that happened, that was a, a big mental relief. That was like mid to late October. So then it was only one more month that I wasn't able to use it before things turned around. <sighs> but yeah, it was, it was a weird time in my life. It was just so much uncertainty. And, and I didn't know, like, could I, was I going to be able to walk again? And when people didn't know what the cause was, they were running all kinds of tests. Like there was a thought that maybe I had MS. Mm. And so they did a, scan of my brain and um they they handled it so well they didn't tell me why they were taking an mri of my brain they're just like oh maybe it's something in your brain and they, they told my parents you know why they were doing it and then they called them immediately to tell them like your daughter's okay she doesn't have ms um and i found out after the whole thing i was like oh thanks for not telling me that would have been terrifying do you, do you think about this stuff a lot when you are training and racing? Is this something that like, it, maybe not motivational, but like gives you a certain level of gratitude to be able to still train at all? Or is this something that's just mm -hmm. in your past and something that you kind of like are, are dealing with just here and there? Now that it's been more years, it's less potent, but definitely... I'm very grateful for it. Um, when so this happened in 2008, in it actually it turned off on me at the end of my race at Big Ten Indoor Big Tens mm. in 2008. <laughs> Not a great time. No, it was like the very beginning of March or the end of February, depending on how the dates lined up that year. But um, which I think it was March first, and. And I just remember the last 50, I was running the 800 and it was the last 50 meters of the race and I couldn't push off my foot and I didn't understand what was going on. I just thought I was flat or something. And, you know, there were like two girls right ahead of me and I was like, I have energy. Why can't I pass these girls? And I, every time I took off my foot, it just had nothing to give. I was like, oh, this is frustrating. And it didn't feel great. So after the race, I iced it. 
And then after I took it out of, it was like, I filled up a bag with half ice and half water and just made like its own little ice bath. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention to how long I did it because I was excited to watch the other races. And I took my foot out and I realized I couldn't move it. And I was like, oh, shoot. I got my foot so cold that I can't move. (laughs) Froze my foot. But then after it warmed up, I still couldn't move it. And I was just thinking, what? This is so weird. And I just remember like coming through the airport, not fully realizing that I had no function in my foot. And and of course I had function in my other toes, but um, all I could realize was my team was way ahead of me walking through the airport and I couldn't keep up with them. And I'm just fe- trying to figure out why, why am I going so slowly? And, and there were a couple of girls who hung back with me and they're just like, we'll walk with you. And I was like, thanks. I don't know why I can't walk faster. <laughs> and, and then the next day in class, I was sitting there um, just trying to move my foot inside my shoe. And I realized that I couldn't. And so that was the start of everything. And, and it was just a long process of trying to figure out what it was how are we going to get things back? Jamie, maybe you're just crazy. You've made this whole thing up. Um, it, it was a very big mental toll. And then coming back was the most wonderful thing when I could run again. I just felt I felt like I was me again. And mm. it was very powerful just to go out and run for you know, five minutes or whatever it was. And, and I felt terrible because, you know, really my whole shape. leg was yeah. atrophying. <laughs> right. So I had no muscle in there and it was so hard to run. But my coach like came out, I just ran on the indoor track. He came out with me and he was so excited. And I was so excited. And I was like, this is really awesome, but I feel really bad. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then just the next time I raced was, such a big, big deal. Um, I raced the 1500, which I had never done before. And I had no idea how to race it, but I was just so excited to be out there. And my mom came, we were at Purdue. My mom came to watch and, you know, she was just like, look at you out there. And, you know, I didn't care how I did. And um, it was just cool to be there. And then a few years later, um, I was coaching in Alabama and sometimes, um, so it's, it's warm there. It was Southern Alabama. So we'd, we'd practice in the morning and then a lot of times double in the afternoon. And so I would work often from like 545 until AM until about 6 PM. And a lot of times I'd run with the team, but sometimes I didn't. And I'd come home and it'd be 6 PM and I'd be tired and uh, my husband was still living in Montana at the time. He he didn't have the opportunity to move out with, with me yet. And so I was up by myself. And I was like, I'm going to go jump in this pool that's at my apartment complex, make use of it, and I'm going to run. And even when I came home sometimes feeling exhausted, not really wanting to run, I would just be like, there was a time not too many years ago when I would have given anything to run for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I better get my butt out the door and, and run. And it was, you know, anytime I thought of that, I was like, yes, of course I'm going to run and it's going to be amazing. And it always was, you know, even if it was just a few miles and getting caught up in spider webs, it was always wonderful. And that has carried through it. Like I said, it's not quite as strong as it used to be, but 
you know, oftentimes when I don't feel up to running or it's really cold out and I don't want to go outside, it's like, but there was a time when this would have been an absolute dream to do this. Yeah. Don't waste it. It's, it's just a good lesson, right? Like, and even what might happen down the road that there might be a time where something else happens or where Absolutely. running is just not going to be on the table anymore. So mm-hmm. it's good. It was that, that was like a horrible negative. I couldn't imagine at that point in your life too, like as an athlete, um, trying to m- make sense of what happened, but at least it, c- it helps carry on and still being able to perform at a high level and still being able to train as much as you can. Um, yeah. Something to yeah. be thankful for. I mean, it's definitely, I've learned how to adjust with it like I can't do everything um you know that I used to and I mean I can't do a push-up on on two feet I have to cross my feet because my foot does not extend like I can take my hands and I cannot push my toe got it It just stops um got it, got it. And, and so I cannot do a push-up off of two feet but I can do a push-up off of one feet great you know that's a small adjustment and I've never you know, it's how I've been doing pushups for 15 years. So I, it's just second nature to me now. And so it's just small things like that. You know, there, there are certain shoes that I can wear. There are a ton of shoes I cannot wear, but I know as mm-hmm. soon as I put it on, if it's going to work or not. So it's very easy um, for me to, to pick those things up. And, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people in this sport and other sports who have other injuries where it's like, Oh yeah, this is what I do for it. And, so this is just for me. And, you know, at the end of the race, I didn't have much foot function or foot strength or however you want to describe it left. And when I went up slip wall, I didn't walk up slip wall. I pulled myself up with my arms and my knees were dragging up the whole thing. And they, you know, they got nicely scraped up. But, you know, and of course, those girls, even if there was more distance left to run after that there was no way I was going to catch him after pulling myself up. Yeah. The race was just like 300 meters too long, you know? Yeah. 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 But yeah, you know, it's just, you got to figure out what you can and can't do and the things that are more challenging. You just got to figure out what are, what's your workaround. Yeah. You know, I'm short, so I have to jump for things or I can't reach across multiple rungs at once but you know what i'm also short and i move through the air faster i can rotate faster i can run under the crawl tubes instead of crawl you know yeah yeah and i mean that's part of like also part of your personality right you don't mind figuring things out you know having challenges in front of you it's like okay like what do we have to do here where maybe some other people might just accept the limitations that they have and just avoid things but that's doesn't seem to be in your nature so it's like all right well whatever whatever problem presents itself like i'm gonna try to figure it out Mm -hmm. um so what do you think for what do you think you could have done different what would you do different this time maybe um outside of the nutrition like the nutrition stuff maybe having i don't know just a different product on you i guess (laughs) um what else do you think you could have done different uh, different products, maybe. Uh, that's something I might try and experiment with. But if I were to redo that race now, I would definitely take more time at the aid station to mm-hmm. just drink more water and make sure that 
I was taking in more honey or more honey stinger or whatever I was going with at the time to just actually get more fuel in the tank. And, and it was really dumb of me to not eat enough because that is something like I, I need to eat. Um, I, I've only met one other person who, who has as difficult of a time not eating as I do. Um, she's actually one of my former athletes and like, I, I don't know. It's like, if I don't eat enough, then I can't stand up. And it's not because I'm going to pass out. Like I can't stand up because my stomach feels like it's imploding on itself. And like, it's just really difficult for me to move. And like, I'm somebody who, who will go, like if I have a workout, a running workout, um, I better be eating at least 90 minutes before that. Oftentimes I'm eating 10, 20 minutes before I go warm up. Um, and now Just I know to make other sure people, you have fuel in the tank. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I don't, like, I'll feel bad. Like, it's, it's kind of funny. Sometimes people, if they eat too much and then they start running, then they run into gut issues. And right. it's like, oh, great, I'm halfway through this workout and now I have to poop. But for me, it's kind of the opposite. It's like if I don't eat enough, I'll have gut issues and I'll feel like I have to poop, even though it's like, well, I didn't eat enough. Can't be possible, How was yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. And I'm sure I'm not terribly unique in that, but I think I'm in the minority of people who really depend a lot on eating. And I don't know, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe I've just convinced myself over the 33 years I've been alive that I need to eat a lot in order to function, but you know, whether it's mental or not, it's real. (laughs) So, um, so it was just very dumb for me to think, well, yeah, it's hard to eat this honey because my mouth is so dry. So I'll just eat as much as I can and it'll be fine. But, but I should have just thought to myself, well, no, I know that I'm going to need this. I know that I'm going to run out of fuel and, and feel terrible later if I don't. So I'm going to take an extra 30 seconds to hang out at this aid station, drink more water, eat the full packet of honey, and then get moving. I think taking those extra 30 seconds at that aid station would have saved me, you know, I don't know, I can't quantify it, but minutes in the overall course, because I would have felt like I could function. My legs wouldn't have been so jello-y at the end of the race or, or even the last half. It would have made for a much better experience for sure. Um, that too. Yeah. Like if not just a better race experience, but also just not as like dying as hard, I'm sure. So that's a good, I mean, it's a good lesson, right? And like the, the time that that takes, which is hard when you're racing to, to justify like stopping or slowing down when it's like this intensity mm-hmm. of a race. But I guess that, I mean, that's just the, the trade-off. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's hard to quantify, but it's definitely beneficial to, to do it like how we're looking like in hindsight, I would imagine. Sure. I mean, Faye came through at the end, like a powerhouse and, you know, I, I don't, I didn't get a chance to talk a a ton with her after the race, but I imagine, you know, she executed things pretty well. And and so it allowed her to have strength at the end. Um, So, 
yeah, you know, like that, that's all part of racing. You need to make sure that whether it's keeping your pace in control or eating enough or drinking enough that you can make it through the race. And I, I just didn't execute that very well on Saturday. It's the first time you've had a long race in a while since Tahoe, pretty much, right? Have you done anything that long? So mm-hmm. that's just part of it, part of coming back. Um, you yeah. got, you think you're going to make it to Asheville? Or yeah. North Carolina? Not Nashville. Um, <laughs> yes. W- within the vicinity of Asheville, I will be. The general area. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. be at that race. Great. That'll be cool. I mean, it seems like it's like a tough turnaround. It's pretty soon. It is. Yeah. Um, man, some of those girls who put in three races this weekend, I think they're going to go to Asheville and they're probably going to do great at Asheville. I, they are so incredible. I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how they came back for another race on Sunday because I'm not sure that I could. I don't either. And people did like the whole trifecta is like, what the heck? How could you even like, after getting cramps like that and then be like, ah, let's go out and try it again. Yeah. It seems oh like uh, r- really bold. So I, I mean, I'd imagine they have some of that effort in their legs, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe, maybe if Asheville is not like a, a goal or, or something like that, or they just need, they, I don't know, like prioritize more time on a mountain like that. Maybe if Tahoe is their goal race, I, I, I don't know. But, I'm not sure. But I, you know, I just, I have to say, I, and my mind is boggled and and just I am in awe of how incredible Casey has been racing this year because crushing it. okay so including the Montana race which was in early early May through now so about a 10 week span she's done three trifecta weekends she's done well at all of her races so far this year and she's lactating that is the most expensive activity a mammal can do ever in their life and she's doing all that and she's doing all this racing like i i just i don't understand it but it's so amazing and it's so cool to watch it it she has been doing such a great job and it's such a great point because she did just give birth like mm-hmm. right before the season and uh, I just talked to her a little bit on, on the podcast and she had mentioned, you know, she races like this fairly often just to get the experience. And she said she feels healthy for That's for like great. the first time yeah. in, in, in a long time. Like she could, because of like, I think because of how often she had raced or how hard she had pushed it, she was always kind of dealing with some health stuff, but mm-hmm. she, this is the first time that she's felt actually healthy in like a OCR season in a long time. So That's I mean like, great, yeah, yeah, if she gets, if she like keeps this going, gets some rest, like she, or if like, they have a trifecta world championship. <laughs> she, she would do really well in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So looking out for you in Asheville. Um, Will you be there? No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. No, nah. um, not doing much Spartan stuff this year. Taking a little bit of time okay. down for, for more like the hybrid stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but we'll make sure to keep a lookout for you. Link to your socials and all that. And yeah, just keep plugging away. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you jumping on.